Damn it, Griffith. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All you right. have started reading the book. You read anything yet? We're live. <laughs> read anything? I've barely We're had live. a free minute. I was in meetings from, like, Thursday to end of day Friday. Mitch, I'm oh. hearing a lot of excuses. excuses. Yeah. I mean, that's just my life. Okay. All it's right. Saturday, my dude. That's fine. Yeah, so, dude, and my Saturday... Like, in our show, let's, let's talk bad about them. Like, hey... I mean, my Saturday started it's not with Costco and bad, ended with Eric. It's, pasta. So. It's telling hey, he's my co-host. I talk bad at him all, about him all the <laughs> time. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, if I can't be honest with him, what can I be, you know? I mean, Jesus. dishonest would be the obvious answer. Yeah, but, like, what kind of a host would I be if I was dishonest with you? A bad one. Anyone? No, a bad one. A bad one, <laughs> some would say. Some would say a bad one. Um, I just realized that I needed to redo this. Give me one second. Fuck, now I fucked up my whole screen. Of course I did, because this is my life. I don't care what you say anymore. This is my life. Is that what you're feeling right now, Ruben? No, I don't Mm. even know what that is. With that being said, welcome to the penultimate place to get your Marvel news uh, our MCU reviews and fireside chats on all things Marvel. This is episode 61 of the Marvel Mondays Initiative, and today's topic is our Phase 4 Review and Recap. That's right. Phase 4 and re- uh, Review and Recap. I'll take it. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast service, feel free to give us a good rating on that platform. It helps us with the algorithms and helps us grow our audience. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, because this is the only place you can watch it, uh, feel free to... Consider dropping a like and a sub, and please do not forget to hit the bell to get notifications for when we go live with all of our shows, like the penultimate, the penultimate game show, the cross media show, and animation. Um, today I am joined by the Marvel Daddy himself, Eric Seekin. Eric, how are you doing? Hey, what's up? It's been a sec since we've done this. It's almost been like, two months. I gotta shake off the Marvel Monday cobwebs right now. Yeah, Monday's on a Saturday. Yeah, but it's so weird now. Usually it's like that time of year. Oh, oh, it's getting robotic. Robots, robots. It feels no, like Eric. the end Eric. of the year, Ruben. Eric. Oh, nope, uh, <laughs> just noped out of existence. <laughs> he just got oh. snapped, ladies and gentlemen. And that bad. Bad. That no, hurt. no, it's not. <laughs> wow, that is still uh, just as bad. <laughs> Try resetting the router. <laughs> Try turning it off and on again. Yeah, exactly. He's just frozen now. <laughs> I'm going to vote for no image, and we just put up a picture of a, a vision in his. Uh, yeah, but you see, here's block. the thing I can't do that. Eric. What? Okay, so let's. Oh, there we go. Let's. Is that normal? Yeah. Talk more. See if it's. So you just won't. You just won't get my face right now. I will get your face. Just give me one second. Let me see if if you want to send me a picture. I could put up. That works. Okay. Uh, all right. I'll I'll send you a picture. Okay. What about this, Ruben. How about that? <laughs> I don't see anything. It was so fast. It was he so flickered fast. on. I meant a certain finger, and then flickered right back off. Because it did start to go robot again. Okay, because I didn't see anything. I was too busy fixing the cameras on the thing. So whatever yeah, he did, just, this is fine. I'm okay. I'm okay with this right now. Okay. All right. You are. You guys have now switched names. That's great. No, no I fix it. Bad. I fix it. I fix it. 
Um, okay, I'm gonna be honest. I have it up on the stream. The stream is very delayed. Uh, that's fine. It's very delayed. That's okay. Um, Eric, let's try this again. How are you doing, Eric? It's been a while. I'm. I'm. It, it has been a second. I thought for he us started. For <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. It has been a second. Jeez. It has been a sec for us. I think what was the last thing we talked about? What the last thing we were uh, supposed to talk about was that Christmas special that we got from the Guardians of the Galaxy. But then, uh, you know, our co-host decided to call it quits. Okay. Oh, that's not. I would not. No, our co-host like decided. That. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, let me let me re- let me rephrase that. Yeah, yeah. I, our, I would rethink that. Our co-host decided to focus on. Uh, obviously, in case you didn't know, we were talking about uh, Christian Macias. He decided to focus on uh, getting a better job. So he is not here for right now. You know, I, he didn't hand in his res- resignation, and I didn't take a resignation. So technically, he's still on payroll. But we don't pay people. So. That's, that's true. I, said, I was going to ask. I didn't know. <laughs> we don't pay people because I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> uh, it's, it's been a sec since Ruben's paid me. So, yeah. It, 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 oh, why I right here. Um, this was your idea. <laughs> this was my idea. Yeah. So uh, should I pay I, you I for your idea, for buddy? My ideas. I need to pay for my ideas. Either way, Ruben. Trying to say here is that it's good to be back talking Marvel. Yes, it is. Okay, because it's been a no way. Oh, no. <laughs> you can't. You gotta be shitting me for that. Try it again. You know, had a nice little. It's like nobody break wants in between. Eric. Wakanda. Uh, yep, he's just still going. Yeah, forever. <laughs> okay. You know, we All got right. Ant-Man. We got Panther All right, forever. Eric. I am sorry I'll be, to I'll tell be, you. I'll this. be back. Just introduce the other guests. I'll be back. Okay. I'll be right, right. back. Sounds good. Jesus Christ. <laughs> great start. Turn it off and on again. Great start. Um, yeah. Yeah. Great start. Great start. With that being said, um, we are also joined by the host of the Dis. Nope. Nope. The host of D Plus Us. Uh, did I get that right? Because uh, yeah, you got it. that right. Okay. All right. That's our name. Um, we have here Griffin Thennel. Griffin, how's it going? Oh, you know, it's going. We actually have internet working, so I feel like very good about that. Yes, not gonna yes, lie. yes, yes. Feels I don't good. think we're going well. We're recording on a Saturday. That feels fun. Yeah. But yeah, Marvel Marvel hype is at an all-time high right now. It's like, like Ant-Man. Is it, though, is it a week? Is next week? Is it at an well, all-time I'm really high, okay. Actually, no. It's not an all-time high. It was at an all-time high, high for me before Hawkeye came out. But now, you and your Kate Bishop fandom. I like Kate Bishop. Okay, well, I also Kate like Clint. Great. But yeah, Kate rocks. Also, Haley rocks. Yes. This was just like the perfect show. I can't wait to talk about that. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We are also joined by Mr. Mitch George. Mitch, Hi. how's it going? I'm good. It's Saturday. It's uh, it's been a day, but I definitely didn't totally forget to committing to this and rushed through dinner. That's fine. That's totally fine. You know, this morning too. Listen, oh, I it's, know. it's completely fine because I also thought I got here at five thirty. Well, I'm five thirty my time, and it's five fifty five, and I'm like, oh, I guess everybody forgot. And then one by one, we just all just started showing up. I was like, okay, good. Thank God. The Avengers did assemble. 
It's fine. Uh, yeah, a little late, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> um, it's great to have you guys here. It's almost as if we did something a few days ago, you know? Yeah, we just like recorded a week an and a half on... ago. Yeah, went up uh, like about a week ago. Fair enough. Went up this last week. A week and a yeah, half ago? we were ago? talking about Ant-Man. Nah. Yeah. We recorded. Look, here's the thing about recording when you don't record live. Everything's a time loop. Yeah. That was not a week and a half ago. That was last week. It weekend. was a week and a half ago. That was it last weekend. Last weekend. Was it last weekend? Yeah, okay. it was last weekend. That's a lie. All right, all right. Don't scare me. Time like doesn't that. As we're gonna learn in phase five, time doesn't mean shit. Yes, nope. yes. We learned exactly that. We started right. to learn that here. That's exactly right. Yes, we do. We do. It's all about the trauma and, and time loops in phase five, phase four, phase four. And how are you getting me? Uh, we're getting you perfectly good. Not perfectly, perfectly fine. Good. Perfectly good. Okay. I, it's much better than it so, was before. In the middle of my Reuben tirade, when I was rudely interrupted by you. I don't know if it was by me. It was by go, your internet. I was, I was going to say it was both. I wanted to go on a tangent about how it's good to be back. And yeah. then I remember, not long ago, Reuben, you dropped a common L on I, your Twitter. I don't know if that's true. A common Ruben L. I dropped pretty W's, pretty big now, W's. Everyone, this time. If you were listening, Ruben, it has bad taste. I might say the worst. Yeah, taste. he put me on the show. That lets you know he has bad taste. First off, say this now, is coming from the guy who almost voted for Marvel's Avengers for Game of the Year 2018. All right, let's not 2019. They finished second. Now, everyone, if you were seeing the penultimate conquest Twitter, you saw that Ruben came in with a hot take that no. the Fast and the Furious franchise is not good. It's not. It's that hot of a take. It's not. I can say that's not that hot of a take. It's not. It's that not hot a good a franchise. It's not. I love it. I love it to death. <laughs> it's but not, it's a, not good a good franchise. franchise. They literally went to space in the last movie. They're fucking. Understand. That was funny. Type of shit. Why? Well, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Why would I see something so stupid? No, if you haven't seen it, you don't get to shit on it then. No, I do get to shit on it. Here's it's what happens, Ruben. Vin when you're listening to the right. Christian Messiases and the Hugo Panais too much. No, I don't. You start I listen to warping me. your brain about what a good movie is. They're over there talking about indie darlings. They're over there talking about not Dune, but Boone. Am I right, Ruben? So, no, Dune. Dude, is a good have movie. A mindset of what a good movie is. No, okay? I I have a perfectly you good need, mind. You have forgotten what it's like to be in touch with the common man, Ruben. I mean, I never was have in touch with the common man. What happens when Vin Diesel jumps out of a car to catch somebody over care. an interstate? I don't care. And catches them mid-jump. Where are the police in this universe? What the well, fuck are the exist. police doing? Dude, do you really it's think like the police give a crap anymore? They're just there. Look, who we're gave Vin Diesel film. all this power to we go to space? The movie of this. Paramount First off, he didn't go to space. He was not the person that went to space. But we're, we're the tenth movie no, of this. 
Who cares? Nobody anymore. Cares. Yeah, it's we don't just stupid fun. The fact of the matter is, Vin Diesel saying he wants Robert Downey Jr. to come into the the franchise and be the guy who is in charge of AI and wants driverless cars. That's the plot point of a fucking movie. Get the shit out of here, Eric. Get the shit out of here. Ruben, I need to know which is the less desirable franchise, the Fast franchise or the Michael Bay Transformer films? It's the Fast Fast and Furious franchise. I would rather watch the Michael Bay movies because I find them to be fun. Can we just talk about Marvel? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. All right, let's do that. (laughs) I will argue for a long day, but that's going to be the entire podcast. Yeah, that's going to be the entire podcast. Okay, so... Um, before we get into it, let's do some housekeeping. Um, in case you didn't hear from me this uh, beginning of this podcast, we are no longer on Twitch. Uh, we will be doing some stuff on Twitch, maybe mostly video game stuff to focus on Twitch, obviously, but we will be multi-streaming the video game stuff. So podcasts are just going to be on YouTube for now. And I will start, um, putting up clips on TikTok and YouTube uh, shorts. Um, but yeah, so that's fun. <clears throat> uh, we are going to be doing uh, The Last of Us, HBO's The Last of Us, episode five review tomorrow. So strap in for a good time. I believe, I do not remember who's on the podcast tomorrow, but I will find out. No, sorry, that's Monday, not tomorrow. Uh, I was gonna say, are you guys really gonna record that live during the Super Bowl? Yeah. I was gonna say, uh, HBO chose listen. not to put that out live during the Super Bowl. Listen, as a guy who doesn't give a shit about sports, fuck the Super Bowl, all right? But that's neither here nor there. Those Eric. Marvel movie trailers, though. My that's team's all... at the Super Bowl. Fuck you. That's neither here. It better nor be there, the guys. Eagles. That's neither here nor there. Okay? It is the Eagles. It's... Oh, thank God. Go th- birds. If it were the Chiefs, I wasn't sure we'd be able fly to be friends. Be, fly birds, fly. Go birds. Bird team. Um, as always, please feel free to leave your thoughts and questions on our speakpipe at speakpipe.com slash penultimate conquest. All right. Let's just dive right in. First property of phase four was, unfortunately, Black Widow, which obviously I loved, except for they really just really fucked up on the villain side, you know? Taskmaster oh, was a really, really bad villain, you know? Yeah. Really bad villain. I do I gotta take immediately. This is great. I love this. This is great. This is great. Um, I will say them throwing away the character of Taskmaster was a bit of a shame. But I did like uh what uh Eric, what's the main guy? What was the villain? Oh, the main villain? Yeah. The Rake main off. villain? Yeah. You remember Taskmaster Ruben was just a side. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. What's yeah. the main purpose here? So you've been treating Taskmaster like they're the big bad of the movie. Well, they're not. Well, they were set okay. up to be the big bad. They, they were, were never set up to be the big in bad. In the trailers, they were set up to be the big bad. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, do you trust Marvel trailers? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. All right. Uh, it, was, it, was uh, it was a good send-off Drakov. movie. All right. Drakov. There you go. Drakov. Right. There you go. It was a good send-off for the Black Widow character, but... They really dropped the nail on the head with Taskmaster. Okay, that's all I'll say. Look, I, I do actually really like Taskmaster. I think Drakov is one of the best villains in the MCU, and I stand by that. 
Okay. But also, you can't forget that this set up a fan favorite character with Yelena. Yes. Like Florence Pugh yeah. absolutely killing it in everything she does now being in the MCU. This is true. This is true. Like, I also I also fully expect Marvel to do right by Taskmaster, knowing the character's coming back for Thunderbolts next year. Uh, yeah, this this character is far from done with their story. Let's hope. Let's hope. Eric, thoughts on Black Widow? Uh, so it's interesting because, you know, this was supposed to come out in, what, 2020? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, Black, Master, Black Widow was supposed to come out in 2020 and had it got delayed and pushed for a full year. Okay, so, like, this movie was stuck in, like, this weird marketing hell mm-hmm. in the beginning because all we just kept hearing about was just Black Widow, Black Widow, Black Widow. Hey, Black Widow got delayed. Hey, Black Widow got delayed. Yeah, it, hey, was, Widow it was delayed, delayed. delayed three times from its original May 2020 release date. And so I remember, like, getting back, like, hey, this is our first uh, Marvel movie in about almost, yeah, two years. And I remember there was this excitement for it. Like, I knew going into it, this wasn't going to be some MCU-defining movie, but it was just, it was nice to go to the movies again and watch them. like, hearing the MCU crawl in the beginning just left me excited. Was It, it was a fun action movie. Okay, there were some fun parts in it. Um, mm-hmm. One of the best opening credit sequences in a movie. Yeah. That Nirvana cover, yeah, so good. I, th- I think it's a good movie. I, I don't think it's a bad one. Like, um, I, for me, it's like if I had to put a movie on the bottom of Phase Four, it would be this one. But I don't think it's bad at all. I think it's a good movie. Like, it's enjoyable. It's fun to watch, and it's just one of those movies that should have came out a long time ago. Yes. Yeah. I, I like, like to refer to phase four as like the COVID phase. Cause it really was like, we see the ripples of the pandemic throughout everything that we got through phase four. And I think there really is no better, you know, flag for that than, than black widow and its tumultuous uh, release schedule. Absolutely. Right. We should have got this movie like a long time, not just like just for this phase, but literally a black widow led movie. We should have got this a long time ago. Cause you know, they yeah. Yeah, the end credit was I like heard going off into Infinity War, and it's like, yay, but yeah. like, like it's hard to have those stakes been... when you know the character is gonna die. Yeah. Well, and you know the character makes it out of this movie to make it to Infinity. Exactly. War. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my problem with any prequel is just you know oh, we've had this prequel argument. Oh yeah, yeah. We well, I mean we 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 host a Disney Plus podcast. We've talked about prequels. There's plenty of them across Disney properties, but it's just. I, I have a hard time investing in things that I where I know the outcome for at yeah. least the title character and maybe some other side characters. Thankfully, this film did a really good job of introducing likable side characters that we're going to see more of. We're going to see more of David Harbour. Thank God. We're going to see more of Yelena. We're going to see more of Taskmaster. Take it or leave it. We'll see how that I shakes hope. out with Thunder. We have these characters like Yelena is going to be a mainstay of the MCU. Yep. Like... She is too popular to be. She was so good in that role. Like, I really, I will always like shout out Florence Pugh, and I'm gonna shout. Will be, I will be singing her praises here again <laughs> when we talk about Hawkeye. But like, it really is that just you have those characters right where it's like that actor is so perfect for that role. We saw it all the time, especially in Phase One, like Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man, Chris Evans as Captain America, like. Florence Pugh as Elena is one of those people. And I think that that's one of like the major strong shoot suits of Phase 4 with adding in these new characters. 
they found those actors that are perfect for this role. Like we're blending. We are the line between actor and character is very blended. Yeah. Like you yeah. cannot tell me that like Haley Steinfeld is not <laughs> Kate Bishop and that Amon Vellani is not just Miss Kamala Khan. Like I agree. Um, but to bring it back to, to, to um, Black Widow, yes, uh, I think we're all on the same page. It should have been before Infinity War when it was supposed to, when it should have come out. It should have been before Infinity War because we kind of already know what happens to the character. So it's, it's less stakes, but uh, still a great story. I, I yeah, am the glad send off should have been game. It shouldn't have been this. Yes, completely agree. Also, I hope she got her money's worth for when she sued Disney. So that's the other thing is what was so interesting about this film and the way it was released because of the COVID pandemic is I didn't see this in theaters. It's the only MCU movie I've not seen first in theaters because they did Disney Plus Premier Access. And at the time, I was still apprehensive about going to the theater. So I watched this at home and it was a great home theater experience. I wish Disney would do more of this now that, you know, the pandemic is, I mean, it's still a thing, but people are largely not worried right. about it the way we were for the last two years three years right so i just yeah. like the idea of the home home theater premiere as opposed to forcing people to have to go to the theater yeah um our next movie actually you know what we're gonna go in order so first thing we got from phase four was actually wandavision which i think was oh, you're right. probably the best television show we've gotten from Disney Plus. Oh, sorry, the best television show we've gotten from Marvel. Uh, you know, considering they did kind of drop the ball on that last episode, but that's it's still a 10 out of 10 for me. Absolutely big. Yeah, it's definitely amazing. I think I have, there's two shows I have above it personally. Okay. I wonder which those ones are more based on what you've hmm. been saying the last 15 minutes. Almost, it's almost like I've name dropped the two characters already. <laughs> um, no, uh, really those are more personal preference kind of things though. Cause I do have a huge attachment to those characters, but this was the moment that people really started to care about Wanda. Yeah. And like, I'm still fully on team. Wanda has done no wrong. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because then they took what they Wanda's did just built in WandaVision, and then we got Doctor Strange, and it kind of said, no, forget it. I'll, I'll yell about that movie. I know. But yeah, WandaVision was this awesome moment, right? Like, every the having those different episodes being different areas of television, and that the, just the zeitgeist around it of none of us knew what was going to happen next. That was such a special moment within MCU, but also when thinking about when it came out, like, that was a very big deal for people during that time of covid like Absolutely. that was our focus that was we had nothing else to do that was what we went to the water cooler well the, the, the virtual water, water cooler. Yeah, exactly the virtual water cooler the discords the, the discord, discord chats uh, for i know for me and eric it was the thing we came to every week with a guest to talk about and it was it was phenomenal to just sit down and theorized with people when was Mephisto going to pop up we knew he was going to pop up eventually and he never did which was good but also like so the Mephisto spiral was a very we'll, interesting time we'll on the talk internet. about phase five in a bit yeah 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 okay. I have my theories okay okay um but like also like the performances in that one too yeah. yes Paul Bettany was just so good as Vision in that too yes but it, it really starts off the phase of 
we we kind of joke about it, but well, we don't really kind of joke about it. We people say it, and I didn't really connect the two until Black Panther. But this was the phase of grief. It started off yeah. with Wanda grieving her kids. Uh, it started off with Wanda actually grieving Vision, and then grieving Vision, and that's her family. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it, it it was a very really good television show that threw us for a loop with Ralph Boner with um, bringing back Evan Peters was a mind blowing moment for all of us watching this thing. Right. Yep. But just like the way that they shot it, that this was going to be like a period piece. Each episode was, was phenomenal. I loved it. I loved everything. about We got to talk though. We got to talk about Darcy. We got to talk about Kat Dennings. Like, consistently one of my favorite characters to watch in the MCU. She is always hilarious. Kat Dennings, just in general, is amazing, and I love her. Yeah, just shout out to MCU casting in general. Darcy is one of those characters that I put alongside, like, Jimmy Woo, also amazing in the show, and, like, Louise, of, like, these hilarious, wonderful side characters. Okay. But then in terms of like other characters, like we also got we got Catherine Hahn in this with Agatha. And it was like, oh my God. Tiona Paris is Monica Rambeau. Like these awesome, awesome characters that we're gonna see a lot more of. Like Can't wait. What a yeah, way yeah. to kick off a phase. Yeah. I just think this phase in general was such a good sort of reset for the MCU of no, we're not really gonna follow the plot points of anything else to this point. That first saga is done. We're gonna look primarily at introducing new characters you're gonna grow to care about. Miss Marvel, Shang-Chi, the, all the side characters that we've talked about between uh, WandaVision and Black Widow. And I think that was the right call. Yes, I completely agree. Eric, any thoughts? I mean, yeah, so this was our first literal MCU new thing in a year and a half. Like, the thing we had before this was Far From Home. So everyone was, like, like uh, salivating at just any new MCU stuff. And, like, this was, like, it never got to, like, obviously, like, Game of Thrones level. But this was, like, the biggest thing on the internet, TV show-wise. Like, when this show was out, this is everybody was talking about WandaVision. Like, all the theories that would come up, the theories that we even talked about on here. Um, And, like, I remember the whole internet freaking out. You know, when uh, Evan Peter shows up, we're all thinking, like, I remember screaming, like, oh, my God, they're finally doing mutants. Like... (laughs) It's finally happening, and yeah. like so we had to wait episode, another three years. Every episode was Quiet. outstanding, like very Twilight zone like especially in that first episode. Yeah, like that first episode, like sets it off like, hey, this is gonna be weird. Yep. And I think Kevin Feige in the beginning said, like, this is the weirdest thing we've ever done so far, and he was right. Like every episode, especially the '90s episode where Vision like goes to the edge of town. Mm-hmm. Like well, that Malcolm Island. in the Middle opening was just Perfect. so spot on. Yes, it was. Every time, yeah, though, also when they broke that, was oh, yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Like, they had that opening moment, like that first moment in the first episode where, like, the one guy goes on repeat, or the, she goes on repeat while the guy's choking, and it's, like, terrifying. But mm-hmm. the one that always got me was when, um, when she, re- when she, like, stares at the camera and then rewinds. Yeah. Anytime she breaks the fourth wall, just you know there's something wrong. Or there was the one where it, like it went to black really quick. Yeah, and like those moments are genuinely terrifying to watch. Yeah. Like, to roll great... credits to end an argument. It was great. Uh, 
We need we need more weird stuff like this. I, I was well, just I, gonna say that we definitely do. I think we like, did get some weird things here, right? I mean, Disney or Marvel really pushed the envelope when it came to the Disney Plus properties of this isn't going to be what you expect from the MCU. It's going to be weird. It's going to be black and white horror noir. It's going to be, you know, time travel craziness. It's going to be all these, it's going to be what if fully animated yeah. still in the scope of the MCU. Like they did, they took some risks. They did some weird stuff. And I think largely it paid off. I have to agree. Eric, what, you were going to say something else. I like this still is still my favorite MCU TV show. Yes. I have um, to agree. So uh, it's uh, it was it's great, like, um, and then you know we get more from it uh, with the movie, and so it's, it's there's not much more we we I can say about One Division that I haven't already said. Right. Heck, it even set up the Agatha Coven of Chaos that we're going to get next year, right? Yeah. Or this year? I don't even know when that's coming out. I think it's next year. Uh, we'll talk about that a little later. Um, yeah. Our next TV show was Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I get we kind of needed to shift uh, the premise of the show. Well, not really the premise, the, the, the bad guys of the show because of COVID and everything. I, so disappointing, though. It, it was disappointing, but I'm still okay with it because it strengthened uh, Bucky's and uh, Falcon's. Sam. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. Bucky and Sam's relationship. And also, it robbed me of what I really wanted, which was a buddy cop TV show of these two just butting at it, getting into a fight. Not even buddy cop. I just want a TV show that's just those two just sitting in a room with each other. Doing therapy. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't even have to be that. That will just be another added moment of just hilarity to it. But they're so good with each other. Yes. I completely agree. Um... Yeah, you guys have any thoughts about this? Just I've got two major ones. Um, got a couple. First off, yeah. Wyatt Russell. Ish. Yeah. Such an amazing actor Oof, to make you hate him, hate him as <laughs> exactly, much as yes. you do. Yes, <laughs> I was going to say that. I was... <laughs> like, he gets props. John Walker, no props. No props. To hell with that man. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, but no, with uh, with Carly, with the Flag Smashers and that villain, like, I was really, really disappointed by that. And, like, I get why we needed to change it. Apparently, there was this whole bio um, weapon, weapon yeah. story arc, which, like, okay, understood. But it's such a trope now to have these villains that, frankly, are right. Yeah. They are correct. They are entirely fair and justified. And you even agree with them. In some cases, like me, almost entirely agree with them. But they have to blow something up or kill somebody. And yeah, now they're a, the evil, evil people. It's like, yeah. and you, you can see them flirting that line here and how it was very clearly that was not how this was supposed to go. Yep. So it's just, it's one of those things that really frustrates me. Mitch, anything to say about, uh, again, with, with this, the one thing, my favorite moment of this entire show is the last cut we get where we get the title card but it's Captain America and the oh, Winter no, Soldier I thought that dichotomy of like Sam is our Captain America and yes. like that is that is the way it's going to be it's going to go forward that way regardless of what all of the angry trolls on the internet want to say Captain America's black we're going to have a black Captain America we're going to explore what that means as the MCU further goes further down the road um, but again just this show the, the, the characters they introduced we talked about Wyatt Russell we talked a bit about Carly Morgenthau 
um, Joaquin Torres, who I presume is going to be the new Next. Falcon. We yep. see that set up with da uh, like Danny Ramirez does a great job in that role. Um, getting some cameos back from the MCU, getting Sha uh, Sharon Carter back, getting uh, Rhodey to do that cameo at the top. Yep. And then, of course, like we can't talk about this with talk without talking about the I'm going to say the best villain we've had in the MCU, and that's Baron Zemo. Getting Daniel Brühl back as Helmut Zemo is just it's a character I want more of. And now we're going to get more of it. <laughs> and I cannot character. wait. Um, I do want to say I think they really dropped the ball with uh, Sharon's character. Uh, the fact that she was, I don't even remember what what, what they called her. The power broker. The power, power broker. broker. I am not a fan of what they. That very much feels like they're setting up something that will definitely be interesting later on. Yeah. It the just, way they set it up is just boring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I feel like they could have set it up better. Um, I feel like we could have just not done anything with her as the power broker in, in this show. But that's, you know, that's just me. Well, anyway. also, that's the only Julia, person that Julia thought that was like, you go. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, sorry, go ahead. Uh, Was I the only person that thought that was like really blatantly obvious? Like they have this big no. reveal at the end of the show and I was like, duh. duh. I thought it was blatantly oh, obvious, but I also really hope that they didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Eric, I'm sorry I cut you um, off. No, it's okay. No, I was just agreeing. Like, yeah, it was, it was clearly obvious. Like, when they go to her house in Madripoor, they're like, oh, this is like, I have an exclusive clientele. I'm like, you were clearly the power broker. Like, yeah, so you work in the private sector and you have this nice ass house. Yeah, you were clearly, clearly this person I was talking about. Um, I remember this one is the one we actually, I forget who we had on the show specifically, but we had, we did the episode number five. It was the truth. Um, and that was the episode where they broke down and that was that with, uh, Carl Rembley where he had the top, well, that was the episode where they talked about like, they will never let a black man be Captain America. And I know we had a, such a profound talk about that on this episode that you even called in Ruben and you started like breaking down crying. Yeah. Yeah. I, rem I remember that specifically. And, uh, like this, the show was like, it was so good week to week. Cause it was just like a nice mirror look at everything. Uh, especially, you know, this was, um, this 2021, you know, we're, st we were in a post, um, 2020, what happened with like George Floyd George and Floyd, everything yeah. with, um, so we were, what's up, Ruben? I was just going to tell you, it was Fee that was on that episode. It was Fee. It I was, think we had Kyle on, too. No, it was you, it was Fee, it was Frank, and Mario. So okay. it was basically a right. uh, 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 point in progress takeover. Gotcha. All right, and, like, it was... It was so good that show like it had like a, a very profound impact. Just like this one of the first times Marvel like has gone into something like race, like that in depth. Like the only other thing we could talk about, you know, is Black Panther. But and then they just for me personally just dropped the ball in episode six. Like it was not good. Like the show Yeah. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Tessa and I's problems with this show is that don't call it the Falcon and the Winter Soldier if if you're just going to cast Bucky aside. Like, Bucky had some good moments in the first few episodes, and then he just takes a super backseat yep. to everything. Like, um, 
he had that one beautiful start to episode four where it talks about his time with Wakanda and when they get rid of the mental conditioning for him. And that was incredible. But then other than that, Bucky, it's just like, all right, hey, I'm here pretty much because my name's in the title. Yeah. So uh, it was very disappointing. It's still like because of that finale, it's my least favorite MCU show. Like that finale for me was terrible. And so um, like it's great that we have Sam as Captain America now. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's um, that, sh- that finale was so disappointing. I wish they would have done way better. Um, and I love Sam. I think I'm so excited that a New Orleans boy is now Captain America. Like, you have no idea. It's fun. Um, but, yeah, the, like, they really brought Bucky up to pasture with that one. And I, I don't see. Um, and, like, I just saw a rumor recently that said, like, oh, Sebastian Stan may come back in cameo in New World Order. It's like, this is like a quintessential Marvel character. And he just been pushed aside now. Like it's it's frustrating. Also, like so, with yeah. that rumor, like no shit. <laughs> yeah, of course. The pop up, the least likely cameo in the history of the MCU. Yeah, Bucky's going to be in a Captain America movie. Like he should be in it. Like he's such a pivotal Marvel character now, and he's just been like cast aside. But I think he's a hard character to have in the spotlight, yeah. especially with what they've put him through, because he has always been a side character. He's either been a side character or an antagonist where... Or he's been Captain America. It's technically him. I'm, I'm talking MCU specifically. MCU, but, yeah. And, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Like, I, I th- the reason I can forgive it in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is because he does fall back into that support role that he had with Cap when Steve Rogers became Captain America and you had that kind of power switch of it was always Steve supporting Bucky and now it's Bucky supporting Steve. Right. We kind of have that switch here as well, and I really liked the dichotomy of that. But what saved it for me was Anthony Mackie's performance in that final episode. Yes. Like, the speech is fantastic and amazing and, like, chilling. But the moment, like, the moment that get that really made me, like, really love this show is genuinely when he just throws the shield through the window. You come in and you see one of the most, if not the most comet accurate costume we've gotten like and the way he holds himself in it the way he fights the way he talks it's it's just perfect to me the anthony mackie in that role yeah i have to agree they cast they cast the right guy and the fact that they were able to do that way back when he was cast in captain america the winter soldier just goes to show like marvel doesn't miss um except when it comes to finales i (laughs) echo everything eric was saying i don't think other than Loki, there has not been a good Disney Plus Marvel finale. Loki is the only one. Yeah, I uh, have to agree with you there, Mitch. I, I think Loki killed it, uh, but let's bring it back just to say, uh, for a couple minutes. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier, it was great what you did with one character. It was shitty what you did with another. <laughs> uh, well, like, a couple others. <laughs> His big reveal when he goes talks to the guy like, "Hey, I murdered your son." It literally was they say three lines and then yeah. it just the scene ends. Yeah. yeah, like this is one of Buffy's big like pivotal moments for his character in the show, and, and just, then they just it's just thrown away. Yeah, yeah. It it really wasn't it wasn't a Winter Soldier show. It, it was the Falcon show with featuring Bucky. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Which is unfortunate because you you set the you set the expectation that he's going to be a more pivotal character and i i do think he has his moments there's the fight scenes in madripoor there's 
the fight with the Dora Milaje where they like know the sequence on his arm to just have it drop off his body, which I thought was that awesome. was pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, largely him grasping, um, having to work with Zebo. Like, I do think, yeah. I really do think he has a good amount of moments here, and I, I really do actually like what they do with this character here. They, but this is another, him. this is another one where we are far from seeing the end of him. Well, I think they also allow him space to breathe because he has been the Winter Soldier up until the end of the events of Captain America: The Winter Soldier, and now he's getting more time to be who he wants to be and find himself and be a person. Cause he lost so many years to being stuck in that program that I kind of will like the fact that they're giving him more room to just be a person yeah. and, and do his own thing and just chill. But also, you know, you, you, you need cast, a break. Well, yeah, I think it's, it's one of those things of I was surprised when they cast Bucky or Sebastian Stan to reprise the role in next year's Thunderbolts. Cause I thought, okay, this is, a pretty good way to just, you know, allow that character right off into the sunset, come back when stuff inevitably hits the fan with, with Cap, but we'll see. Yeah, we will see. Um, our next show was, funny enough, Loki. Um, I think this was probably the perfect show. Um, this is my favorite MCU show thus far. Yeah, this is, for me, this is tied for WandaVision just because Loki had a great finale, but I wish they did better with the the first couple of episodes um griffin what was that face <laughs> eh, don't worry about me you can okay. get to me later okay uh i'm gonna let you get your piece out not saying that they did anything wrong i think they it's a perfect show i think uh the last episode really really got me very excited for the future of the mcu uh with that being said i'm gonna pass it on to eric which is drinking a can, so I'm going to pass it. Sorry, Eric. Um, I think this show is really good. Like, that first episode is probably my favorite pilot of yeah. all the MCU shows. Because uh, it's just like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Like, uh, I'm a sucker for good time travel stuff. And then just, oh, Wilson coming in. Hey, God, wow. Oh, my God. Wow. Um, but... This show for me definitely like dips in the middle. It it gets that's why the show's not in my top three. I don't think like it like the middle of the season really dips in quality for me, and then it comes back with that finale that's really good. Because I remember you and I talked, you and Christian and I talked about it, like, oh, it'd be nice if we had a Marvel show end with just them talking and what like yeah. the main <laughs> the main drama, the main crux of the final episode was just them talking with yeah. um. He who remains. Um, oh my God! What was his variant? He who remains. He who remains. He who remains. Like in this show, like introduce variants to stuff to us now. Like we're bra- like we're cracking the multiverse right here. This is really this is big. where I think it really happens. Like we literally this get is, a visual representation of that happening. Yeah, this is the tip um, of the spear for what the rest of this saga is going to be. This is yeah, the question. Like, Sorry, go ahead, Eric. I just, I just got one more thing to say. Like this is yeah. a really good show. I liked it. Um, but it's not my favorite. I was just going to say, this is the one that starts the question. Who is the one that broke the multiverse, <laughs> which we still kind of really don't know. We'll never get an answer to that. Yes. But I'm okay with that. It, it's, it was okay because it was, a, I had a phenomenal time just watching this last episode. Uh, and I still go back to that episode just to hear that perfect, perfect uh, monologue. Because it's fantastic and I, I, I love it so much. Um, Griffin, you got some stuff to say. 
So I love the finale of this show. Okay. Finale is great. Love everything with Kang. Aside from that, this is one of the worst pieces of content in the MCU. TV. Jesus Christ. I hate this show. <laughs> okay. Vehemently, I hate this show. Okay. Would you There's like some fantastic moments. The, I do not like how they use Loki. Which specifically. Loki? Loki. Exactly. Our main fucking character of the show. If I'm going to say another Loki, <laughs> I'm main... going to specify that. Loki. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Shout out to Alligator Loki. I love that little shit. <laughs> Because Classic he's an alligator. Loki. How could you not love him? Classic Loki sucked. Um, <laughs> oh, that's Eric's yeah. favorite. Oh, I'm, coming for, I'm coming for everyone with this. We're not no, really, when it came down to it. Welcome to my hell. <laughs> this, was, this was very poor writing for me. Um, especially with Loki's relationship with Sylvie, which could be such a very cool, such a very interesting fleshed out thing. That they said, oh, we're going to give a very, very weird romance plot to. I mean, like, it kind of fits with Loki. He's in love with himself. It fits, but it doesn't He's make it good. Yeah. Yeah. No. It doesn't make it but good. That's You're the right. thing. Loki isn't an inherently good character. And that I think that is part of his charm, if you want to call it that. But I'll, I'll let you continue. I know, I know this that, is getting to Waldron in his writing. I was going to say, it's getting there. And the thing about it is that this is, for me, a very example of trying to throw representation into your show and not understanding what that representation really is. Right. Cause Loki as a character is gender fluid. We've seen Loki Loki as so many different beings. Variants. No, like, no not even variants of Loki, literally yeah. just a single Loki as a ton of different beings in a single universe. Like Loki, when Odin sees his children, which is in comic books, Loki, Thor and Angela, he says, my son, my daughter, my one who is neither in both. Like, they do such a great job with this. And then they just throw all that out the window with Waldron's writing. They focus in on this romance subplot. They do a fine job of setting up the uh, TVA. I actually do really like the TVA, right. especially oh, with the aesthetic that they have going on. Yep. But like, ultimately, this show isn't inherently bad, but the reason that it is so low to me is because of how disappointing it is. Okay. That's fair. Um, you can tell I've ranted about this before. <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. I, I may have heard this once or twice. That's fine. What? No. You know, that, that's okay. Our <laughs> next show was what my, for me was the, I don't even classify this show as part of phase four. What if, which I. What if we just move on? That's pretty there good. I got, one last. <laughs> yeah. I got one last. That was a good one. That was a good one. That was a good one. I like that. Uh, I am okay with moving on if we want to skip it. There, oh, no. Just, well, what if it was, it was neat? It just. It was, it was one of those things where, like, oh, if this isn't part of the story, like, why should I care? You know? Like, yeah, Captain anthology, anthology. Anthology. Sorry. Yeah. I just didn't think the big, the biggest thing for me is something I wanted from this. And we've seen it from other Disney properties on Disney plus and Griffin's heard this a million times for me. I really didn't like the art style and I really wish they had gone the star Wars visions route of let's just tell these anthology stories and give it to whoever wants to tell weird, wacky shit in the MCU. Yeah. What if it's that opportunity to get really weird with it? Yeah. And I mean, weird, like, Tony Stark is Spider-Man. Like, go go, just entirely off the wall. Make some crazy-ass stories. 
And instead, they went with this route of basically trying to very slightly change plot lines in the movies yes. to make these episodes. And yeah. I think that's an interesting concept. I don't think it was interesting in execution. Correct. There really is a, led there's to an, a couple there's interesting an issue of There's an issue of what if, that is, what if Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos fought World War II in space? Like, we could get weird, and we haven't. And it's kind of disappointing. Like, the only episodes that I really, like, loved were what if was the what if T'Challa was Star-Lord. That's fantastic. And then yeah. the what if in Zombies. Like, that was about Yeah, that it. was the two ones that I think were good. Other than that, the the Doctor Strange one was okay. I, I like I, the Doctor uh, Strange one. Well, okay. That one looked cool. You're not going to slide by and say the Doctor Strange one was just okay. No, no, no. Because here's what happens, okay? It clearly shows, like, obviously this is a world where Doctor Strange cares more about Christine than his hands. Okay? And it was fun to see oh, that. So. It's fun to see. Well, no, it was a, it was a, it was a sex joke. It was a sex joke. Uh, We're gonna miss. <laughs> He's still thinking about it. So anyway, like I think the Doctor Strange, and like, and that's just not just me. Like it's generally viewed as the best one is the Doctor Strange one, like right up there with the T'Challa Star Lord one. Yeah, like it was so good, and it kind of like it kind of made Multiverse of Madness hit a little harder for me, um, because Doctor Strange is one of the best characters we have in the MCU. And it was just, it, and like, I just enjoyed because they were just fun. Like, the Star-Lord T'Challa one, that was just fun. Like, I, I, I'm not going to say more about what if I haven't already said. Like, it was, it was just a fun time. It was a nice break. For me, I don't know why they didn't tie that Doctor Strange episode into Multiverse of Madness in some way. Like, you're already exploring the multiverse and what if. You're, you're blowing it apart with Multiverse of Madness. Why well, isn't the Strange that he runs into the one that, you know, destroyed the, his entire universe? Like, because that would mean that the, the director, Sam Raimi, would have had to known about it and i feel like oh they, that's true actually they but they, Raimi wasn't the writer of that film right like it was no it was Waldron right. again it You're was right. Waldron as well right You're the same right. writer as loki okay i just want to back to loki for one second yes. griffin i do feel like those relationships will be explored better in season two primarily because Waldron is not writing it i could say we're getting a decent writer on the next season yeah so. but uh yeah what if was i do I do want to say hates on Waldron. <laughs> this happens consistently on our podcast. I do want to say that I, 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 it was pitched to us as this story is basically the Elseworlds of the MCU. Yeah. Which kind of worked, but also we can't really trust anything that Marvel says because there's a possibility that it could happen. And also those trailers that they put out are just fucking, not trailers for like what if, just trailers in general are just to throw you off to, to, yeah. to have you not expect anything. So when they said, for me personally, when they said this was not a part of the MCU, I was like, I'll believe it when I see it. Also, Jeffrey Wright did a great job as the narrator slash the watcher. I yeah. think that was one good thing that came out of this. Very um, true. All, but some of the other voices where they couldn't get back the MCU star to voice the character felt uncanny valley yep. in a way where it's trying to be MCU, but it's not quite there. Exactly. The funniest thing to me is the voice that feels the most uncanny valley is the Winter Soldier. And it is it's Sebastian. Oh. Well, he just <laughs> phoned it in. He, he phoned just, it in. No, he did not phone that in. He had way too much fun with it. Yeah, that is went, what happened. And I will not hear anything else. <laughs> no, what if this one I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic for season two. I think with season two, they're going to have more to play with. I'm 
hoping that they heard some of our concerns with it. I think that they could make it an interesting show. Mm-hmm. And as far as animated content goes, I'm really excited for the future of MCU animated stuff. Like we yeah, know we because of this show, show, we're going to get a Marvel Zombies show. Yeah. Yeah. The Spider-Man show looks really interesting based on the art style. We're getting X-Men 97, which seven-year-old me would have never imagined we'd get a sequel to that show. Like, it's going to be good. Yeah, let's hope. Um, back to the movies. We had uh, the next one was Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which great movie. Great intro movie for a character good, that really no good play. Well, yeah, just a really good flick, but also a great intro movie for a character that we didn't know any. Well, most the majority of most, people didn't know anything about. I loved again, everything about this yeah. movie. Phenomenal casting. Simu Liu is Shang Chi. There is no one else that could have been in that role. Like he's yeah. just outstanding throughout the film. Yes, this is another one of those characters where like they took a character that, when they were written in the comics, was written to be problematic. It is a horrible origin. This character is heavily rooted especially within his village with some terrible racism and made this one of the best mcu movies yeah yep. like i had to check i keep my, keeping my rankings up as we're talking like this is my this is my number three that's incredible like, i love cool. this movie it is so fun it's a really good movie it's a really good i movie. i think this this film did a lot for the asian community in a similar vein to what we saw with black panther is we're getting a bit of a trend here, and I know Loki didn't do a great job, and hopefully it's better with season two, of better representation with the, within the MCU. We've got Sam Wilson as Captain America. You've got Shang-Chi. You've got the range of characters that we got in Eternals. You've got a deaf character in Makari. Like, there's a lot to like in terms of the way Marvel is pushing for more representation in their films, and I think there was no better example in this phase than Shang-Chi. I have to agree. Plus, we also got that fight with... Wong and Abomination. Abomination. Yeah. That was cool. Those... But also, like, another thing, another property that kind of blew it in the last act of, okay, we're getting this green screen fight scene between two people for the last 15 minutes of the movie. And it's just like, eh. I don't know. I still feel like it had a lot more weight behind it because of how they set it up of it being a father-son yeah. fight. Yes. I have I, like, it may, not ha- it may be your typical... Marvel fight same person with the same powers, mm-hmm. but it wasn't because he has to, he steals the power halfway through that fight. Yeah. And it does have this very emotional weight to it. Honestly, I think the biggest criticism of it is that you have two giant CG monsters fighting each other. And even I can't criticize it that much because it looks freaking cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's a reason why Dustin Daniel Creighton is directing Kang Dynasty. Like he's got the next Avengers film. That's his that's gonna be his baby. And it's cause he does such a phenomenal job here writing and directing this along with his screenwriting partners. It's just it's just a really, really good movie. Yeah. Regardless of whether it's in the MCU. The you know, the idea of generational family trauma, un- unrealistic expectations set by parents, you know, do I follow the path I'm asked to go down or do I find my own path? Like these are very common story threads that we see across a lot of Western media, but at the same time, it's just presented in such a uniquely Marvel way here with a lot of really fun effects and writing. And again, great casting Aquafina as the friend was Perfect. casting. I didn't know I needed until we got it. Yep. 
have to bringing agree. back Sir Ben Kingsley. Like what? Best part of the movie for me. Right. <laughs> Best part of the movie for me. It was phenomenal. Did anyone else think that he was not going to survive that movie? I thought for sure he was going to get taken out. At some I point. also thought for sure that he was going to get taken out, but I'm glad oh, yeah. he didn't. I'm glad he, he has did. that great joke at the end too. He's like, no, 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 just pretend to be dead. It's fine. Just, yeah. just <laughs> Oh, it's great. It's I love it. I just thought for sure he was going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Eric, anything else to say about Shang-Chi? No, it's a really good movie. Like one of the best villains. Uh, so relatable. Cause, um, I know if anything were to happen to like Tesla like that, I would, I would absolutely <laughs> go down that path. Uh, but I will say this. Um, so, I have to head out because I got to go be dad. It's Ruby's dinner time. So I got to okay. go feed and bathe her and stuff. So I will say this. All right. My last little, little Eric. Uh, Eric time, Ruben. Okay. So phase four has been especially unique um, because I like the fact there wasn't much where like, oh, you have to watch this to get this. There were a lot more like very small side stories, my side character stories in this phase that I really liked. Because I know for mostly the first, for the Infinity Saga, a lot of people were like, oh, this movie just leads to another one, just leads to another one, just leads to another one. Yeah, we kind of get that in Phase 4, but we get a lot more growth. We get a lot of trying new things that everyone was complaining about with the Infinity Saga. And um, the theme was grief. You're right. Like in so many of these, like grief is like the number one driving thing. Um in this phase and i like phase four and like it's weird because you know becoming a dad in phase four it, it was different because in infinity saga i was like rab like ravenously like attack well, not attacking but like latching on anything mcu related mm -hmm. okay and now it's like i'm kind of like taking a step back with it and just trying to enjoy it more just like for what it is rather okay. than like what i want it to be and I think there's so many great stories in this. Like, we get fucking Moon Knight. Like, yeah, this is something I've wanted for a while. We get fucking Moon Knight, and people's thoughts on the show aside, like, it's so great that we got that. Like, they took a chance on a lot of stuff. Now, some stuff didn't work. I definitely think the MCU definitely put too much stuff out in a short period of time. And uh, that could be a Chappic thing, or what? Um, boo, Chappic. Um, but hopefully with Phase 5, they just take a breather that's all i ask just maybe just take a breather okay uh let let stuff just um organically go i'm i'm tirade right now but it's okay uh, yeah don't look at the timeline uh, it doesn't feel like we're getting a breather yeah what's a what's a break but like just just in the sense that like push stuff back if you got to push stuff back like they did that with They've already done that with the Avengers movies. Like they've already kind of pushed them back. Like that's good. Like let stuff breathe. I did that with the Marvels too. The Marvels was stuff more to come time out to be on its own, rather than hey, Falcon and Winter Soldier just ended in two weeks. We start Loki. Yeah. Um, but I'm very excited for Phase Five. Um, I don't have to say anything. We're on No Way Home. That's still my favorite Marvel movie now. Absolutely. No Way Home and Thor: Love and Thunder is a great movie. And I'll see y'all. There you Christ. Go. Thanks for the heads up. Really appreciate that. <laughs> you knew he wasn't going to give you any heads up. Uh, you know, it's it's whatever. Um, professional should be in around here. I mean, uh, apparently not. <laughs> but that's, oh, and he's, he's back. back. And he's back. Of course he's back because he loves screwing with me. 
So sorry, I realized I wanted to do that for dramatic purposes. I uh, hate you so much, Griffin and Mitch. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank I've you guys so much. Rich. It's great to hear from y'all on all this stuff. Yeah. And please give Ruben a hard time going That's forward because he has. Oh, I love doing has, it. It's very fun. Thank you so much. I thank y'all so much. Uh, it's good to be talking to Marvel again, and y'all have a great rest of your day. Bye. 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 Jesus Christ, I'm going to murder him one of these <laughs> Leaves days. as he comes in. I am going to fast murder and him so much. Being kind of glitchy with him. Oh, when is Penultimate doing Fast and Furious in review? Never, never. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Like, hey, Ruben, can I leave Fast and Furious in review? Yes, please, please. You have to be on it, though. No, I'd rather <laughs> shoot my own brains out. Or like I said yesterday, I'd rather watch Fan 4 stick 10 times in a row. Which is saying a lot because I hate that movie too. Um, which leads us into the next movie? Eternals. Yeah, Eternals. Is it Eternals? Yes, November. It's 5th. Eternals and then Hawkeye. Yes. Well, no, when, where's Spider Man in all this? Spider Man is at the end. Spider Man came out December. Remember we thought. Remember we thought there might be a crossover from Hawkeye into Spider Man because yeah. Hawkeye ended right, the week yeah. after Spider Man yeah, came yeah, out or yeah. something like that. Look, okay. it's been a while since I did the rewatch. Okay? That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. I go off the Disney Plus timeline that doesn't have Spider Man right, on it. Right, right. <laughs> that makes it difficult. Yeah. Yes. Um, the Eternals, or sorry, Eternals, was probably the best uh, Justice League movie we'll ever get. And yeah, I, that's pretty yes. good way to, to the best look way to at say it. it. Yeah. Um, I love this movie. Me too. It was a weird one for Marvel to do this but uh great one nonetheless it was also our first sex scene in the mcu which was weird yeah that <laughs> yeah. felt weird. But, <laughs> super weird weird but also i couldn't look away it was like a car crash you know you yeah, know it's coming yeah, you want to yeah. look away but you just can't the reason it felt weird is because i hated icarus yeah <laughs> yeah yeah totally fair yeah totally you're supposed fair. to no eternals yeah, yeah. proved that you know not every marvel project has to be good all punching and uh, no, that no, that was that was that was a joke, that, that was, that um, was a joke Griffin. Actually, no. If we're really being honest, the first one that showed they think didn't be didn't have to be good was Thor: The Dark World, but uh, yeah. or Iron Man too. I don't remember which one came out first. They're both pretty good. Uh, they're sorry, anyway. they're both pretty bad. Anyway, yeah, continue. Yeah, um, no, I really like it. It was I like that it's slow. Yeah, and yeah. I, that's a lot of people's issues with it is that it is such a slow burn of a movie, and the payoff doesn't necessarily equate to that slow burn, and like. I get that opinion on it, but I really like the story here. I really like the characters. I think the Celestials are really interesting where they've been set up now. Yep. And I can't wait for more. That said, I am still mad at Harry Styles fans for spoiling the post credit oh, scene to this movie. I'm still mad like at Marvel before for the movie came out. Harry Styles. Yeah, I said it. I'm not even mad at that. It I was literally it. just, I could not avoid the Harry Styles fans before this movie. I saw it on the Thursday night still. Yeah. Which is insane. And I got that spoiled. Insane. I mean, I echo a lot of what Griffin said. I love that Chloe Zhao took the time with the number of characters this film was trying to juggle of giving most of them. There are a few that are not very well utilized, but giving the most, most of, of the main characters room to breathe, room to talk, room to be characters and not just be Marvel, Marvel, punchy, punchy, laser eyes next scene. You know? Yeah. It, 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 it allowed for some character growth that I didn't expect to get from this film. I expected the train wreck that the internet believes this movie was, but 
I, I, this is one of my favorite films that came out in phase four. And yeah. I like, yes, it's I just, it's, it's so like, it's different. And it's what I want out of Marvel at this point. I don't want the same old, you know, punchy, punchy villain is same thing as hero, punchy, punchy roll credits. Yeah. And this took a risk and it didn't pay off for everybody, but you're never going to make, make everything isn't going to work for everybody. And I know Marvel probably doesn't like people saying that, but ultimately there are going to be people that don't like the stuff you put out. And if you can do things differently, you can keep people engaged and keep people interested. Yep. I think that is a better path forward. Taking the risks you need to take as opposed to paint by number superhero film. Cause that's how you got to the DC DCU mess that we're in currently. Correct. Yeah, the Eternals has very nuanced stories with their characters, which is something I normally hate saying because it very much sounds like I'm being pompous. It's giving but much more thought to this than needs Maybe to be. Is, though. But like, no, as our TikToks have shown over at TikTok at slash at Disney at D plus us, you're the one that makes things up. <laughs> I, okay, I make up big words, but it doesn't mean I'm not right. Is, it, is this because I'm the one that edits the TikToks? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> um, you son of a bitch. <laughs> but no, like my, my favorite story in this is Gilgamesh and Athena. Yeah. And yeah. like both dealing with that loss, but also like this, these platonic life mates living with each other, helping each other, surviving and them doing this throughout all of human history. Yeah. Like it's such an interesting story. I love Sprite's story in this. Like I think Sprite is one of the more interesting stories in this as well of constantly being young and what that does to you. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, it was just great. And I think Festos is is the one for me of him losing his faith in humanity around the time of the atomic bomb and just how he comes to find humanity through his husband and and child is just like, it's, it's out of like, it's so good. Yeah. This movie is just casually about religious deconstruction. Which more of that that in popular media, please. Yeah, this was the, this was the uh, phase of where it was either like religious deconstruction, family trauma, either getting it or ge- le- learning how to live with it, or right. both. In the case of or this both, movie. yeah. Um, again, and some great characters introduced: Kumail Nanjiani, great in everything, phenomenal right here, phenomenal. Especially him taking sort of like a he didn't want to be part of that final conflict because he agreed with Icarus but cared too much about his family to be part of the conflict. Great. And then the introduction of Dane Whitman, I think is going to be a big part of the MCU going forward. Kit Harrington's character. Yep. I cannot wait to see him just pop up randomly in blade and that just be a thing. And yeah. I'm all about it. I can't wait then, to like, see blade. That nuance. Sure. Like there yeah. is no yes or no answer yeah. to this. Like that's why, that's why I say relate this movie and talk about it alongside religious deconstruction is you don't have a definitive answer by the end of it. Yeah. Right. And like, I, obviously we have the definitive answer of the celestials not blowing up the earth. Yeah. Not yet. I do think but, that this, this is definitely, or sorry, go ahead. I'd finish your thought and then I'll, well, Hey, guess what? It's the MCU. A celestial's not going to blow up the earth. <laughs> because they have to keep these movies going. <laughs> if the celestial blows up the earth, either one of two things is going to happen. We're going to find another earth or As we we're going to go back in time to make sure it doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, I, it, it does feel like this is setting up for not this. Like, I feel like the next fi- the next saga in the MCU is going to be the Celestial Saga, the Cosmic Saga, whatever you want to call it. 
And we'll, the ultimate big bad there is going to be Galactus. And I feel like setting the groundwork now of introducing the Celestials and all of this. And I think a lot of people are going to look back on this movie the way people do about Thor The Dark World. And I know you're probably thinking I'm crazy. But I do think that that celestial body just chilling in the middle of the ocean is going to be a significant plot point in a few MCU movies going forward. And I think people will look back on this film as setting the grand groundwork for a lot of that, a groundwork for a lot of the spooky stuff we're going to get with Blade and the and the Black Knight, what we've got with Werewolf by Night. Like, there's a lot of really good stuff that is getting kicked off in this movie, and I, I'm excited to see more. Same here. Uh, I am probably most excited for is Blade popping up at the end of this movie. Uh, I was not a big fan of just Harry Styles just popping up. Like, I get that's it. Gonna, that's going to sell tickets. It's going to put exactly. butts in seats. Yeah, which yeah. I'm okay with. Like, understandable. Patton Oswalt doing their thing is fine. Say, Patton Oswalt being back in the MCU is all I needed. I know technically you can't say back we're in Agents the MCU. of Shield. No, Agents of Shield doesn't. Agents happen. of Shield is is and also isn't. Yes. Yes. It is so that's why I say is because <laughs> Patton Oswalt showed up point. in that show before they deviated timelines. Okay. Yep. We'll do an Agents of Shield episode on D plus S. Come watch us. Do we have to? Yes. It's a good show. You can add me on anytime. Right. Um, our next. Make you watch stupid things. You know this. I'm also making Mitch watch uh, the New Mutants. So. I am so sorry, Mitch. Uh, <laughs> I suggested it. It's my own fault. Okay. Well, so you did this to yourself. You have. I've done this to myself. Consequences of our own actions, buddy. Uh. <laughs> The next property up was, of course, Griffin's favorite one, Hawkeye. Um, My favorite, pretty damn close. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, interesting, interesting. Um, if, I, if you know Griffin, it's not that interesting. It's pretty obvious. Not that interesting. <laughs> okay, all right. Obviously, it was. There's only one character there. where I own literally every single one of her comic books. So. Okay. All right. Hawkeye. The Case Bishop is a very close second. I love this show so, so much. It was, for me, honestly, I, I am glad that they got it straight out of the the way in, like, the first couple episodes where this was just going to be friendly neighborhood Hawkeye. Hawkeye, man. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. got it out straight as an arrow. Yeah. Yep, there you go. There you go. Um, I also love... The show is really on target. <laughs> All right, Griffin. You okay. with the arrow okay. puns. Okay. Uh, I do love the um, introduction to Kate and her introduction to Hawkeye. It was great. Um, I think we set up Kate to be one of... Probably one of our best new characters. But we also yeah. got Yelena in this, which was also pretty great. Their yeah. relationship is Perfect. the best thing in this show. Perfect. Absolutely. Like it's the thing of like I still can't go on TikTok without seeing them. Yeah, I cannot wait to see more of them, Mitch, as well. Um, Also, because of this show, I now eat my mac and cheese with sriracha. It's very good. I mean, it's very good. I do a mix of sriracha and ketchup. It works pretty well. Okay, you're disgusting. I don't eat ketchup belongs on mac and cheese. No, it does not. When it is neon orange and comes out of a box, Mitch, I can't agree with you here. Mitch, you are just wrong. I am sorry. But to be fair, mac and cheese, no. I think mac and cheese just belongs in the trash because it's gross. Um, with that being said. Okay, okay back up, back up. We have to talk about that. You were both terrible, terrible people. Look, I, I just don't think our, mac our and cheese. Our box mac and cheese is a little different than what y'all got south of the border. It's actually pretty good if you cook it well. 
Oh, I like our black mac and cheese. I know it's terrible, and I know it's horrible for me, but it's also one of my safe foods, so I love it. I have it's a case one of, of our safe foods. downstairs in case of emergencies. I have safe foods, okay? It's a whole thing. Okay, all right, all right. Um, I, I am curious, bringing you back to Hawkeye. Thank you. And actually a little bit of WandaVision as well, is we get introduction of these side characters where I they, they're getting their own properties, mm-hmm. and I don't know how that's going to work out. We're getting Agatha Coven of Chaos, and we're getting an Echo show. And Echo is a character in this show. Very interesting. Again, we're getting more representation of this deaf character. I don't know what that's going to look like as a show. Yeah. And and on one hand, I'm kind of apprehensive. And on the other hand, Griffin reassures me that the Echo solo run is fantastic and the show is going to be great. So really I'm going to go with open eyes and an open mind. But. Yeah, but you see, it's a written medium that it's good. I don't know how it's going to be. Echo is Echo as a so the reason I like it is Echo as a character. Okay. Echo as a character has a lot of growth, and this is already a very different Echo than the one I know. Echo, the one I know, has a lot to do with the hand, and the hand kind of, sort of doesn't exist in the MCU. I still don't know. Maybe we're not really sure. You're canon, actually, because of this show. Yeah, that's also true. Yeah, I guess. Look, this look the everything with Netflix is weird. We'll yeah. get to Vincent D'Onofrio in this for in a second. Because yeah. um, we love that man. Um, we love him. But yeah, everything with her, with her, especially with like the way they're portraying Echo in Hawkeye, makes me so excited for that. Because we're going to see Echo really come into her own. Where we left her is this place of just being entirely broken. Mm-hmm. Having no place. Having no idea where she goes. Kind of similar to a certain web slinger, if we're being honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. And watching her have to build that up, and we're going to get this torn space between her going, being on that darker side of things, or going being within like you know the kingpin side of her life. And we are we know we're going to be getting Charlie Cox in this, or going down that hero route. And I think that that could be a very interesting show, like having her having to wrestle with that. I also really want to see. I'm really excited to see how they handle her as a main character. Yeah. Considering she is deaf. Yeah. And I mean, like that really excites me to see what they do. And I'm going just based off the Wikipedia summary. So none of this could be right or all of it could be right of the premise being her going back to her hometown, having to come to terms with her native American roots. So not only seeing representation from a deaf lead in this, but also uh, one with native American roots and, I want to see more of this explored. So it's good to see, like, I I look at the MCU as a a mechanism with how big it's gotten where they can kind of do whatever they want and no one's going to say, no, you can't do that because it's portraying things we don't want portrayed, whether it be, you know, I don't know. I I feel like they'll get to talking about some really horrible acts that have happened, but you look back at Eternals and we're talking about the atomic bomb. Like, that's... Not something I would have expected from Marvel when we're talking about Iron Man in the desert. I mean, even Iron Man in the desert, you know, looking at, you know, prof, war profiteering and, and, and those sort of themes. Mm-hmm. And a character like Maya Lopez and, and looking at, you know, Native American history and in the U.S. and the genocides that have taken place. I just I love learning more about these things because as someone who grew up, I grew up very sheltered. I am a cis white man. And. I love getting to explore more of these stories that I haven't been able to, or I haven't been exposed to regularly. And we're going to see more of that exposure as the MCU continues to grow and evolve and present stories that aren't 
you know, cis white man, gets magic suit, gets magic powers, whatever that might be, fights other white guy, roll credits. I, I love that we're seeing this and we're allowing the space for, you know, kids to see, like, I grew up in an era of the 90s Spider-Man and the 90s X-Men shows where, you know, majority of those characters are white and Spider-Man's a white guy from Queens. Yeah. No, Brooklyn? Yeah, Queens, yeah. Queens. Cap Queens. from Brooklyn. But but, I was going to say, that's a whole thing. <laughs> I had to think back. It's been, a, it's been a minute since I watched Civil War, but I love that there are go there's going to be a generation of kids that can now grow up with Sam Wilson as their Captain America, with Maya Lopez as Echo in a starring role who's both deaf and Native American, and, you know, an amputee to, to boot. Like there's, there is so much that we're seeing so much good that Disney and Marvel can do with the MCU that I'm glad to be seeing these stories of representation. So that kids who like me as a kid could see myself in Spider-Man, mm -hmm. there are kids that can see themselves in Kamala Khan in Sam Wilson in Maya yes. Lopez. So I, I love that they're doing this. Uh, I definitely have to agree. Um, I am excited for the, um, Echo show. I am excited to see how they portray it. Like Griffin said, uh, I don't know how in God's name they're going to portray a, a deaf person as the main character, but I'm interested to see what happens with it. I am interested to see what route they go with the Echo character that is Maya. Um, but for me, bringing it back to Hawkeye, I think this show, while we kind of knew that it was small scale, it that ugh, that's kind of what ruined the show for me. <laughs> really? Kingpin was it pretty was, obvious. It was great to see him in here, but also kind of a letdown. Oh, yeah. I thought he was perfect in this. I think I, I, I think it was the right choice for reintroducing the character. Correct. Sure. Yes. I think it was the right choice to re uh, where to reintroduce the character. However, I do think the way that they introduced him was, I don't know. I, I just felt weird about it. Like I really, I, I really appreciate it. I really, really do like that part. I think the, cause it's very tied into both Kate and Clint's stories. Yes. Like Clint does have this Ronin story. That is his big correct impetus to go forward with this. But Kate's backstory, whether it's here, whether it's comics has always been rooted in her family being tied to organized crime. I think. And her, and her distancing herself from that. So yes. bringing it in through, he had this deal with her dad. And then that moved on to being this deal with her mom. And her mom is concerningly good at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought was such a fascinating way to go about it. I could have done with a little bit, of, without a little bit of the pomp and circumstance around it of, oh, who could this person possibly be? It's Kingpin. We all know it's Kingpin. Yeah, yeah. But, Ultimately, it, like, it, the moment when he like, shows up on that camera is so awesome to me. It was almost like the Mephisto moment where we were all waiting for Mephisto with yep. WandaVision. We're all saying it's Mephisto, it's Mephisto, it's Mephisto, and it never was. Ooh. Here we got the payoff of it's going to be Kingpin, it's going to be Kingpin. Yes. And you get the reveal as Vincent, of Vincent D'Onofrio, one of the best villains we've gotten in Marvel to date, coming back in this role. I'm I'm just ecstatic. Well, I mean, His rephrase, performance in it is amazing. I think it was just the Hawaiian shirt that really took me for a spin. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love it too. I the, hated the Hawaiian it. shirt. The Hawaiian shirt it. does more for character building of Kingpin than almost anything else that anything we got in that Netflix show, where it's just white suit the whole time. Yeah, the I, Hawaiian shirt harkens back to literally one of my favorite comic book covers ever, which is this awesome moment of the Kingpin fighting Spider Man, and it's. All red, except for the lines on Spider-Man's suit, his eyes, and the white on his the flowers in his suit. 
and then obviously the logo. And it is one of the best comic book covers ever. Okay. All right. I guess I'm going to have to rewatch it because... Uh, I mean, like it's other- it's supposed to be hokey. It's supposed to be okay. weird. It, okay. Like because he because he can do that because he is still like Kingpin is this menacing figure. Yeah, but he's still a man. He still does have these like little dumb idiosyncrasies. But even a- aside from those, he can be wearing a bright red Hawaiian shirt <laughs> and still be terrifying. Yeah, and they they actually gave him ability. Like he's he is super powered here, whereas we don't see them go to yeah. that extent in the Netflix show. And I yeah. love that they're doing more of that with this character. And honestly, the, the thing I love most about phase four, or one of the things I love most about phase four is it gave me two really good holiday rewatches in Hawkeye and the guardians holiday special of, you know, I'm usually a diehard elf kind of guy and I can throw these into the mix as well and have a great time. Okay. Yeah. I've been talking about my, uh, my rankings with this. Like Hawkeye is my number five. Like, I really, really love this show. And I think most of it comes down to Kate Bishop. Yeah. Well, Kate also, Bishop one of the best, also one of the best post-credit scenes in the history of Marvel. Oh, yeah. I love it. And there's a rumor that we might be getting Rogers the Musical at one of the Disney parks, and I'm here for it. It won't um, be Florida. That's for dang sure. Yeah, you know, it will be California. The, I know yeah. the theater it's going in. But we talked about, like, how, you know, people are going to get to relate to the characters. Kate Bishop is the character I've related to, like, Ever since I saw her get introduced. Mm-hmm. That's a lie. When she got introduced, it was really terrible. But <laughs> Matt Fraction, the, Matt, the yes. Matt Fraction run particularly. There we go. Okay. To care about this character. And that's, and frankly, the Matt Fraction run is really, really where we got the modern version of this character. Kate Bishop, when she was introduced, was it was weird. There was, it was her meant, like Hawkeye, Clint Barton hated Kate Bishop when she was introduced. Mm-hmm. It was a whole thing. Like she, he at least straight up steals her bow at one point. It tells her she can't be Hawkeye. It's a whole thing. But okay. that was a. Gr- I I really love that first interaction between Hawkeye and Kate in the comics, and I've read that a few times because it's just, it's so on point for those characters. Of he wants to protect his legacy, she wants to prove that she's worth of that, worthy of that legacy. They have love this whole back part. and forth. It's so good. Yeah. There's a very concerning early two thousand plot point that I very much hate. Okay. And you can see that I'm not saying what it is because yeah. it is something like that. Yeah. Um, you can Google or I can just talk about it over off air. Um, but yeah, with Haley Seinfeld, and I mean, Haley Seinfeld was a fan casting for this Phenomenal. ever since the idea of Kate Bishop was thrown around yes. and seeing this character, seeing like what it f- really feels like. This is our first time. Like we kind of saw it with Peter, but not really Yeah. of seeing the outsider, seeing the Avengers. Yeah. We saw yeah. it with Kate, but then we saw it even more with the LARPers. Yep. Um, yeah. And them I, being these everyday heroes within the MCU, uh, like seeing the firefighters in particular, I um, can't remember the one guy's name, but I, like, I loved him to death. Like seeing these characters, seeing their genuine joy to be helping Clint and Clint's frustration with all of it, seeing how he's balancing his family, how he's de- he and Yelena are dealing with the loss of Natasha. Like, the layers this show has for being such a small story is incredibly surprising and grills. incredibly well done. You were looking for grills a moment ago. Grills, thank you. You're welcome. Also, Lucky is adorable and I love him to death. Yes. Also, the tracksuit mafia is so bad, they're good. Yeah, correct. Yes. So yeah, bad, that's their that bit. they're good. Yes. Yes. Um, I want to go rewatch this show now. <laughs> Wait that's for the holidays. Wait for the holidays. Our I next. 
our next property was, which I, I think is probably the greatest movie I've ever seen, Spider-Man No Way Home. And yes, I am a nostalgia-ridden person. Phenomenal. I think this movie was great. I think this movie brings back my best, my favorite uh, villain, which is Green Goblin, specifically Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. It so makes him more intense than he was in the Raimi films, if that's possible. It makes him, first off, It also stronger. doesn't make him just evil. Yeah, like we layers. see the Green Goblin side yes. and we see the yes. Norman side. Yes, and it, it was spooky. It was very spooky. Also, also did, don't forget though that this brings back the best Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield. Thank you, Griffin. I'm glad somebody finally said it. Toby, best Spider-Man, worst Peter Parker. Right? Nope, still best. I, oh no, I say best Peter Parker too. No, Ooh. okay, let me rephrase this. Ooh, I don't know if we're going. This Toby way. sucks. Toby. God, I don't know. You can't, you can't, you can't back it, can you? Uh, I can't. No, Toby is phenomenal. Andrew Garfield. I see nostalgia behind them. But like to me, Andrew Garfield is my Spider-Man, and like that was really the fun thing about that. Again, I'm younger than you, Mitch. I was going to say you're a baby. I said I grew up on '90s Spider-Man, so Toby Maguire is my Spider-Man. Toby Maguire is the reason for me that any of this exists. Him and Hugh Jackman basically carried Marvel Eh. through bankruptcy and back to relevancy. And without Toby, there is no Far From Home. There is no No Way Home. There is no MCU in my books. So yes. just oh, getting, absolutely. getting Toby and Andrew back for this. Like, I, I, I cried man tears in the theater with this one. I like, did too. It was legitimately the great, like, I thought the portal, like, I still think, I still think for me personally, with all of the setup and all of the build we had to Endgame, that Endgame for me is the greatest theatrical experience I've ever had. With the portals moment, everyone coming back, I just I was tears so that like from that to the end of the movie, it was like forty five minutes. That's not how I watch movies normally, but it happened on that. Yes, this did this tapped into something I didn't know was there in the nostalgia for Toby and Andrew. It just it didn't it got so close to that, and I do think it's my favorite piece of content we got from Phase Four. Yes, but it didn't quite reach those levels just because the build to Endgame was more recent whereas this was more fueled by nostalgia and not fueled by the build of an entire phase of yeah 26 different properties or whatever it was right with that i see one of the major arguments again this movie being that it is just a nostalgia hit it's not the way they use those old characters is really really well done and yes there is so much nostalgia behind seeing them like it's not surprising that this was like the biggest moment in a Marvel movie in theaters since the portal scene. Yeah. And I think the reason, at least for me, it hit so hard was because we haven't had that since the portal scene. Yeah. But it, it really felt like that return to cinema that we hadn't had up to this point. I mean, you have black widow, Shang-Chi eternals. I only saw two of the three of those in theaters. Cause like I said, black widow, I did at home, but there, there isn't a moment like that here. And there really hasn't been a moment like that theatrically since, Endgame. So it was really nice to be in a a packed theater opening night for something like this, as much as it probably wasn't entirely safe. Yeah. And still might not be. If you're not, go get vaccinated. Vaccines prevent people from getting seriously sick, seriously ill. Protect you and those closest to you. Go get vaccinated. Um, that little rant out of the way. I I do feel like there's a little too much nostalgia at moments in this, but it also redeems some characters I didn't think they could. Jamie Foxx is one of the best things about this entire film. Yes. Because they finally oh, yeah. gave him a good thing to read and act. He actually had good writing this time around, which is why I'm sorry, Griffin, 
Those Amazing Spider-Man films are not good. They are not good movies. Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man 2 are better than Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2, and Spider-Man 3. I didn't say those movies were were good either. I don't think they're good movies. I think Spider-Man is a good character. And they butchered the villains in every Spider-Man movie up until Homecoming. I think just I think the only characters that haven't been butchered in the Spider-Man movie villain-wise are Green Goblin and Doc Ock. I think Vulture was really good. I, okay, I, Vulture's different. Vulture's in it's not the Vulture. Vulture's an entirely Fox. different character. I do yeah, think yeah. that they kind of dropped the ball with uh, with uh, Doc Ock in this one. Well, actually, Mephisto was really good too, though. So yeah, it really is just the lizard kind of sucks. I actually really like his story. Where's Mephisto well, in any of this? Oh, not Mephisto. I meant Mysterio. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to be like, what, the f- what movies <laughs> are you Look, watching? <laughs> Mephisto was a Spider-Man villain, and I stand by that. Oh, no, no, I know. Um, I'm just, I'm surprised that that's where you went and not Mysterio, but. Look, really, it's just, it's really, it's, for me, it's just Electro. Yes. Like, I, I think, really like yeah. the Green Goblin stuff in Amazing Spider-Man 2, which I know is a hot take. It's not like, good. I like it. I think that's, it. Was, I thought it was interesting. I thought the way they did Gwen's death was really, yes. Really and we get him to crushing. In, oh, it, yeah. That, this, I was this in movie, full this tears movie, in that moment. Yeah. This movie makes that movie better because he gets his redemption. Exactly. Exactly. Dude, watching like when he lands, and, and MJ has to be like, "Are you okay?" Yeah. yeah like, then, no, it, no, he is not. No. Just let us have this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> But uh, for for me, my favorite part of this movie is the synchronicity between Peter one, two, and three when they're web swinging off at the scaffolding. Oh, perfect, perfect. Also, for, me, this for me, downright a tragedy. I, yes, I was going to say, is. like, yes. the, the, Spider Man is a tragic character. He has been throughout his entire comics run, and this rivals actually a great Mephisto plot line from the story of Mephisto bring, saves MJ, but the cost of doing so is that everyone forgets that Peter Parker is Spider Man, right? And it changes reality and they do the same thing here i love the use uh, benedict cumberbatch in this movie is this is probably the best we've seen doctor strange outside of maybe infinity war uh-huh. and yeah like he's better when he's teaming up than he is in his solo films i will say that till the end of time doctor strange but, Universe of madness i'm sorry we'll we'll get there yeah, we'll, we'll get, get there, there. <laughs> um but i think he's fantastic in this the way he's used in this is fantastic and the tragedy of everyone forgetting who peter parker is that the Uncle Ben moment. Oh. We got the Uncle Ben moment, but it's Aunt May. I loved it. What? And also hated it. Oh, I was so three angry. Movies. They spent I, three movies getting to the Uncle Ben moment, and I didn't see. I it love coming, that. And I it love there. it. I'm, I've got and, I've got literal goosebumps right now. You probably can't see it, but like I'm. There's so much emotion from this trilogy of film that it's just Spider-Man's my I'm, favorite character of all time across all media, and this just was. Fantastic. In, incredible. I am so yes. conflicted by that moment because I, I know we need to have that moment for Spider-Man, right? Like, that is, like, one of the points of Spider-Man. But I am still upset that Marissa Tomei is not going to be in the MCU anymore. I am also very she's upset. she's so good. She's so good. But you need that like, tragedy for Peter to, or for Spider-Man to be Spider-Man. And it's unfortunate. But the, oh, that's why I feel conflicted about it. Because it's so important. But yeah. I st- and I love it. But I'm yeah. still angry about it. Yeah. Yeah. The Which whole is complaint, a good thing. That is a good thing. The whole complaint that everybody has given me about the MCU Spider-Man is just that he's Tony Stark Jr., which we got in... Uh, all three of these movies well i would say mostly uh far from home but yeah all three of these movies um but less so here but yeah i would honestly say most in homecoming 
Because I feel like Homecoming is him trying to be Iron Man. Is him Far from himself. Home is him trying to, Far From Home is him trying to deal replace. with not having this mentor and replace him. Right. Uh, and then this is where he is the most Peter Parker possible. Yeah. I, right. I, I, I agree with you 100%. But I think in the, the world's question to Peter in Far From Home is, are you the next Iron Man? Yeah. Which he also kind of has to deal with. Like, so. Well, he doesn't deal with it. He runs away to Europe. Correct. Which is <laughs> a great way of dealing with it. Am I right? I mean, he's a teenager. What yeah, else exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, they don't know that. But yes, exactly. Um, I mean, but we do. Right. Our next property we got was Moon Knight, which I think was pretty good. I do think it was a weird one because technically it is a part of the MCU, but it's not. There's no isolated story. Like Moon Knight, even in comic books, everyone's like, who the hell is this guy? But the only person that actively has a relationship with Moon Knight in the comic books is Spider-Man. It's just well, weird and, to me. And the heroes for hire do as well, don't they? Kind of, sort of. They don't. They have a relationship. They don't like that they have a relationship. Yeah. Moon Knight's it's, a weirdo. Like, yeah. And I love it. Yeah. The mental health aspect of this show is so Phenomenal. so fascinating. Like, yes. I'm sure the major moment in this that we all talk about is the end of the third episode. Yeah. Where he's uh, I might have just finished rewatching Moon Knight, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to go back and rewatch it so bad, but I need. Look, to do... I've been doing a timeline rewatch of the MCU. I, I have took one me week so long to get through Moon Knight. <laughs> I have one week to watch Infinity War, Endgame, Ant-Man, Wasp, oh, and Loki. So because I want to. I want to consume all of the Just watch Ant-Man and the Wasp. We don't need Actually, Infinity I know you already War watched Endgame. I did watch Ant-Man. I, we watched it. We talked about it over on the podcast. This e plus us on all your favorite podcast services, YouTube, TikTok, and et cetera. Someone, someone please go through this episode and count how many times we've plugged our show. Thank two. you. It's only like That's three it. times and it's been no. almost two hours. It's like, been two. <laughs> you said it up front and then you just, he just said it now. That's it. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, Griffin, Griffin plugged the TikTok halfway through. I definitely plugged the TikTok. At some the TikTok point. doesn't really count. Uh, you didn't um, really say okay. It. In that case, go follow us on TikTok at D plus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but I, I think again, yeah, to, to your point, Griffin, this does a great job of presenting mental health in an interesting way that we need to see more of in media, honestly. Yeah. And again, it, it does the thing where it drops the ball in the finale but we get one of the best moments in the finale of we get the Scarlet Scarab. Again, we get representation of a non-white woman in the role of a superhero, you know? Immediately seeing it, too. That moment when the kid asks, are you an Egyptian superhero, is yeah. so good. Fucking and great. Like, we need more of that. Thank you. Yeah. I like this finale, honestly. Like, I, just, I like the fight. I don't um, like the fight. The fight is I like, what I have I like the, the giant kaiju the fight. <laughs> I love the giant kaiju fight because it's a giant kaiju fight. Yes. Is Moon Knight... If you can watch through this and not accept that Moon Knight is an inherently ridiculous character, you are not watching the same show that I am. Like, Moon Knight is ridiculous, and they do a really good job of bouncing between the serious thing and the ridiculous thing, and hyping up the ridiculous stuff in a serious way when necessary. But, like, one of the major plot points is him turning back the night sky in the, like, most dramatic way possible. Very good. Like, Khonshu is a diva, yeah. and I love it. Oh, but having this asshole. whole battle... Oh, yeah! He's horrible! Khonshu is it. a villain! I know. Khonshu is straight Abraham up... killed it here. Khonshu is straight up an Avengers villain at one point. 
Like, well, doesn't doesn't Moon Knight at one point kill Conchu because he has to? And like, there's this yeah, whole one thing. point he kills Conchu. At one point, Conchu takes over the world. Like, it, it, there's a whole, there's a lot of shit. Hmm. Yeah, I think. But, God, yeah. Oscar Isaac is just Oscar top, Isaac top tier. Yeah, phenomenal in this. I was very excited to uh, perfect casting again. Yeah, yeah. I was just very to me, not the best performance in this. Like, he's amazing. But Ethan Hawke's here. Ethan Hawke, though, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, like, there's some things about Ethan Hawke where I would have changed. Like, the, the, the whole Oh, ending. like what? So, uh, the, yeah. the ending was a little soft, but I think just through and through, this was the most scared I was of any villain in this phase. Yeah. Like, the, the stakes weren't didn't feel like they were there for anything other than this. Even the Celestial in, in Eternals, this is where Although, there were real stakes, especially with all the mind fuckery we get with the... Mental health aspect and the moment though that they're and everything, fighting, like it's crazy. The everything in like that purgatory, like Stephen falling into the stand and Mark waking up in the field of reeds, awesome, yes, fantastic. But even that final fight, like the actual in person stuff, like when Mark flies over, I still think was good. Like I love that moment where he's jumping up the stairs and um, Ethan Hawke's character is jumping down and like the camera kind of turns so that it looks like the pyramid is flat. Yeah. And they're like flying at each other while Khonshu and um, Amit? Yes. Amit? Yeah. Kind of something like that. Yeah, Amit are fighting in the background. Like, it's such a cool shot. And the only thing I don't love from it is that we got the um, Jake Lockley tease in the fight of... Hey, we oh, just yeah. straight up don't see how this fight ends. Yeah. Yeah. Who, but I, I, I think that was a really tongue in cheek way of one addressing some of the criticism we've had for phase four up to this point of, oh, the CG isn't up to the standards we've seen in previous MCU properties of just like, oh, yeah, we, we blink. We get the effect of Mark falling asleep and the fight's over. And I, I really like that as a tongue in cheek reference to the Internet trolls of everyone be like, oh, there's nothing going on here. Um, but. Yeah, it's. I'm excited to see what we get from this character in the future. I really do hope and expect that we're going to have a season two announcement soon. Yeah. Um, it's just it's it's some of the best fight choreography we've gotten in the MCU to this point. Honestly, I loved the fight at the that pyramid thing. I forget what that was, but that was really cool. But, but yeah, but also just the entire character of Stephen Grant. Yeah. Yeah. And Oscar so Isaac just killing it. Yes. The way the cost the Moon Knight costumes look too, like both Moon Knight and Mister Knight, oh. so good. And I, I love that they kind of turned those characters, like they kind of reversed those characters, right? Of Mister Knight in the comics is the, you know, gangster. He's he's the bad guy. He's the the criminal mastermind. And here, Mister Knight is the blimey, you know, soccer yeah. fan, like in, in a suit, just because that's how Mark would. You know, he had to suit up, so he put on a proper British suit, and I thought that was really fun. Right. Um, he took it literally. Yes. He took it literally. <laughs> it worked. Uh, the, yes, and then it that, did. That, that, that's one thing I really loved in the finale is them the switching between Mark yes. and Steven was just like – And the way it was handled in the fight choreography and the scenes and the way they were shot, like the cinematography. Also, the way this it really ends – like, It's really good. post credit scene aside – the way that the show ends being the way that the show started, I thought was awesome. But like seeing the differences now, mm-hmm. and it will never not be funny for me of Steven just falling on his face because he forgets that he's latched to the bed. 
it's such a great way to end this. Like extremely serious. Like let's end it with a joke. Mm-hmm. Like it was perfect. It was. It was. Uh, hopefully the fish is still alive, but you never know. Um, the next property we got was Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Now we got some great things from this movie. We got some bad things from this movie. They did Wanda dirty. I will say this. Uh, I th- not the only move. Well, not the only character done dirty in this movie. Well, I mean, yeah, but I. I, I think- would tell you that every character in this shit movie is done dirty, but. Yeah, but I feel like they 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 screwed with Wanda the most because we no nope. get... they screwed with one character more. America, they screwed with America way more than they screwed with Wanda. Let me rephrase. We have established character. We have established yeah. that Wanda yeah. is grieving at the end of WandaVision, and then she is searching for her kids, trying to find out and trying to find out where the hell they are, and then we get that. Uh, scene where she hears them, and that's the end of uh, WandaVision. I mean, but in she's this, she's using the dark hold. We know it's going to go poorly, right? But in this, she just is already a villain, and we kind of don't see the transformation. Uh, we get you know, uh, this know. movie. Wanda. This was supposed to set Wanda up originally when this movie was written. This movie was supposed to set Wanda up as the big bad. For the entire phase. Yeah, that would have been great. Yeah. Would have been great. I hate Waldron so much. It would have been great to see House of M uh, be so, a thing, um, you know? It's not surprising that I hate this movie. Um, no. <laughs> considering I've already Waldron yelled about how much I hate Michael Waldron. Yes. But also how it just butchers america chavez one another one of my favorite comic book characters i would agree let me read to y'all here like my my the bottom of my marvel ranking here at worst we have iron man 2 i hate this movie that's a good fiery path i mean sorry this movie movie. that movie is just military propaganda and that's it no Um, iron man 2 is just a military propaganda character yeah but iron man 2 had fucking mickey rourke is doing a horrible i want my bird no um just above that is the incredible hulk just above that is Thor. And Thor just one? above that is Doctor Strange. Thor 1. I like Thor the Dark World more than Thor 1. In hindsight, I can see it, but... I don't like it. Uh, and I think I honestly think it's because Avengers Endgame redeems it a lot for me. Yeah. But okay. that's the point. Right, um, and just above that is Doctor Strange. Uh, Multiverse of Madness. This movie's... Even Sam Raimi couldn't save this script. There, There is one... I feel like setting that I really like here. And other than that, I agree with you ho- almost. I like like the ruin thing. I like that fight scene. No, the yeah. Illuminati. The Illuminati. I didn't love the, the Illuminati. That's the one thing here that I really, really like. Mostly I like watching the Illuminati here in the hover chair. <laughs> Give me Professor X in the hover chair with the 90s X-Men behind him. And I'm going to love it no matter what. So that's just nostalgia for me. Dude, it was, I it, think for me it was just, they had the cool moments, but it doesn't redeem how poorly these characters were written. So uh, let me step in here real quick. I think if we had gotten what it was originally supposed to be, the the horror, the first horror movie of the MCU, I feel like it would have been better. Yeah. And I, I uh, to Sam Raimi's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? To to back I, Sam I, I, Raimi. Yeah, there you go. To Sam Raimi's credit, I will say he did the best that he could with what he got. <laughs> Oh yeah, I fully totally agree. With was that. given a shit sandwich. Exactly. Right, like 
He put something out. Yes. And like for what he for what he was able to do, like the Sam Raimiisms of this movie, and there are a lot of them. Yes, yes, there are. Are fun. They're really fun. Like the amount of times that camera decides to turn is hilarious to mm-hmm. me <laughs> because it is Sam Raimi. Yes. And like the horror vibes, he nails that. It still doesn't change the writing. You're right. I, like, I, let's I, take I, America Chavez. Like, I will. I know that I am irrationally upset about America being absolutely screwed in this. Like, let's take this awesome, kick-ass, take-no-shit character who is incredibly sure of herself and who she is in this universe, being proudly, openly queer, being proudly uh, Afro-Latina, and just change about 80% of that. She is this character that doesn't know who she is, that barely understands her powers, is literally just a MacGuffin in this entire movie. Not the only MacGuffin we're going to have that I personally have issue with in, in this phase, but I, I agree with a lot of that. And I, this is the movie to me, this and Thor feel like the ones where Chapek said that. No, just no, no, we're not like we're we're gonna stick to what works. We're gonna we're gonna we're not taking any risks. It's going to be uh, cameo filled, nostalgic nostalgia filled, um, joke fest, and it didn't it didn't work. And it didn't work for me. It didn't work for a lot of people, honestly. I I, I think when I, when I look at common sentiment for those I mean, two films in particular, I feel like the sentiment around Doctor Strange was super positive when it came out, and then as people started to like. Go grow it. beyond the hype of it. It got lower and lower. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's kind of how I felt seeing that. I, for one, I, I, I have would probably agree with you there, Griffin. I think this movie was, um, for me at least, I think this movie was okay. I think it could have been better, uh, but what we got was pretty good. Um, I do think that uh seeing well i mean just america chavez's character started off great i think personally but yeah seeing her like inevitably her character progression just go downward was like uh, okay i I guess like she really didn't have character progression this other than oh I guess I've accepted that my parents might be alive and I can use my powers now because I believe in myself. Yes, if you believe. Only it's the power know. of positive thinking. It, it's, I, again, this, these films didn't feel like Marvel. And I'm, I'm talking again, the, the, I kind of lumped Doctor Strange and Thor in together of just like, they didn't feel quite well, right. And the, like there felt like there were too many people trying to make it what it wasn't as opposed to taking a, a vision, having it be original and running with it, which I think they did a really good job in this phase of doing so on Disney plus less so theatrically. Cause I, I understand wanting to take fewer risks coming out of a global pandemic, wanting to make sure you still have those billion dollar movies. Otherwise you're going to end up laying off, you know, 17,000 people, which they did anyway, because fuck corporate America, but that's a problem for another day. I do want to say that I think uh, we get some things. Honestly, I think um, just John Krasinski as um, uh, Reed Richards was the fan casting we all wanted. Uh, It was also what 
I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm, we got it now. Except that he's not going to be our fanta- our Mister Fantastic. He movie better we not. Hope, be. We hope. I, I, ooh, ooh, no, we I don't. don't. I, I no, hope. I don't. Want I him. hope. For fuck's sake, okay, guys. I hope. No. I'm not, weirdly enough, I want an older person, older someone older than John Krasinski to be that in that role. But you want older. I want I, younger. No, I want, so I want older because I want us oh, to go younger. the family route. I want to go the family route with Fantastic Four. I want us oh, to see the kids. The, I want us to see, yeah, the Frank. Or I want to see Be- Reed and Sue have their children in this, and I want to see that because that's where the Fantastic Four is interesting to be. Where it's not the four of them; it's like the eight of them at this point. <laughs> my my feeling with the Fantastic Four, and I know we're not talking about Phase Five yet, but I'm gonna do it anyway. I think we're um, gonna have to come back for phase five because we're already almost two hours <laughs> yeah, I, was thinking, I was thinking out all night as long as you'll have me i'll talk mcu but okay i really I got hard out in like an hour and a half <laughs> <laughs> uh i have my theories and i know in the comics kang is a direct descendant of reed richards i have a feeling they'll go one of two routes in the mcu where he will either still be a descendant of reed richards or he may potentially be a descendant of t'challa which right. I think would be a really interesting way to frame that character in the in the scope of the MCU. If they want to keep us guessing, I would love to see an actor like uh, Roger Jean Page, who you may know from Bridgerton, uh, to fill that Reed Richards role because he can play pompous asshole Interesting. really, really well. And yes, I'll admit to have watched all of Bridgerton because it's actually really... You don't need to admit it, to it's really entertaining. No. It is pretty good, I will say that. Yeah. It's, a, it's very entertaining. But we're not here to talk about Bridgerton. We're here to talk about Marvel. not until they cast uh, what's his face as Reed Richards. I don't know. I think uh, the, the the rumor mill is they have already casted uh, Reed Richards, which is uh, the guy from The Good Place. Don't uh, give me one second. Let me find out. He's going there's to a lot be of people in, in the Good Place. No, good place, he's gonna so. he's gonna be in Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum I can't remember yes. the actor's name. Yes, that guy. You know what I'm talking uh, about. I know exactly. I will find it. Give me one second. I already got it. I already got it. William, William Jackson, Jackson Harper. Harper. Jinx. You owe, um, you owe me a Coke. Yeah, fair enough. All right. What? Okay. Evens out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Anyways, MCU. Yes, MCU. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I do think we're going to talk about that probably another time because it, like I said, we're running too low, uh, too long. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I think what we got with Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness, it could have been better, especially that end credit scene. I think the CGI could have been a lot better in this movie, but again, pandemic. So I kind of have to give them, I can't, it's, the, it's phase four is the pandemic phase. We just have to live. With yeah, that. we have to, exactly. We have to live with what we got and I'm okay with that. It, it was it was rushed. They didn't give things the time they proper. They needed to be properly, you know, M, the MCU quality we've grown to expect over the last decade. Yes, um, it, it is what it is. Michael Waldron, yep. shame on you. All right, that's for you, Kevin. Thank you. That's the TLDR of this entire. Episode. <laughs> you know what he's writing next? What he's writing next is very concerning to me. King Dynasty. Secret Wars. Secret Wars. Oh, fuck my life. Okay. Um, With that being said, let's go to our (laughs) next show, which was Miss Marvel, which I think was a breath of fresh air because Miss Marvel was phenomenal. I'm just going to let Griffin run with this one. This is my number one. Okay. This is my favorite thing in the MCU. Good. Good. I love this show so much. They did this character so, so perfectly. Like, 
I mentioned and alluded to earlier, this is the character that I have every single issue that Kamala Khan is in. Of her main run, her run of the champions, her run in Miles Morales' Spider-Man. Like, I love this character so much. Her run so in Marvel's much. Avengers. I mean, I, I own the game and I bought the game twice, but yeah. <laughs> she's the, she the best part of that game by a mile. I mean, it's her story in that game. Like, yeah. But, like, seeing her come into that role of Miss Marvel and seeing it within her family and having her family support her within that is so damn good. Like, the mo- there's so many great moments in this, and this is a moment where I really love even the finale. The concerning thing going into this show was the power change. Yeah. Was, we're going to go from these stretchy powers to this crystal light power... And the thing I was worried about it was that we weren't going to see Kamala being Kamala. Because the point of her powers were they were weird. Were they weren't these pretty fancy powers. No, this was just a realistic, like... Yeah. Hey, this isn't going to look pretty. It's going to be ridiculously effective. And Kamala's going to be really good at it because she's really smart. Yes. But that's what we've got. And the way that they did it, like, the finale reassured me on all of it. Seeing her essentially take her embiggened form just with the crystal powers instead of stretchy powers was great to me. I thought the villains were very interesting how this all just related back to family dynamics, whether it was the villains and their whole family dynamic, whether it was the red daggers and their generational family dynamic, whether it was uh, Kamala dealing particularly with her mom and her way of essentially healing her family was to just talk with her mom about everything and just like open up and be entirely honest with it. But like the fact that this show was willing to go back to the partition of India. Yeah. It's still mind blowing to me. Like the thing we talk about on D plus us a lot with this phase is how much we've got to learn about other cultures in this phase. And this did it the best to me of this really was like, hey, I'm going to go and do research after watching this show. Like, I wanted to know more about this culture, about these things, because of this show. And that is such a feat to do in a superhero show. It is just wildly amazing and impressive. Now, I will stop ranting. I really love this show. That's okay. I, I, I think it just goes back to representation matters, and it's good to see that continuing through this phase, and eventually they're going to have to tell those superhero stories and bring everyone together and not tell as much of the origin piece of it, which will be disappointing. I'm curious to see what Kamala's parents role is in the Marvels. I really hope they play a strong role in that film too, because family is such a central thing to all three of the leads in that Captain Marvel, uh, uh, Monica Rambeau and, and Miss Marvel. So I'm, I'm hopeful that they're going to be there and have a significant role. Um, but that being said, they're going to be side characters. They, there's no way to focus in those large theatrical moments the way that you can on in through six hours spent with these characters in a right. Disney Plus show. But I, I feel like that's okay. You know, uh, I do want more of the Miss Marvel TV show just because, like, you, I was the one that was very hesitant with this show. The, the trailer that they put out, I was like, oh no, this show is going to suck ass. And then it proved me wrong exponentially. Okay. Dude, I, that song still plays, that Blinded by the Light still plays in my head. 
know from that trailer. If you say Blinded by the Light three times. Well, if you mention The Weeknd more than once. The Weeknd, The Weeknd, The Weeknd. The Weeknd is just Beetlejuice. Eric is going to pop up somewhere and say... He went to high school just down the street from where I live. I'm so sorry. Yeah. He would come to our high school and try and sell mixtapes. Or I guess All right, that's pretty badass. That's pretty yeah, badass. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty great. Yeah. No, um, because of this show though, the Miss Mar- the Marvels is my most anticipated Marvel movie coming up. Yes, as it should be. Like, it is one of the most exciting things to me coming this year. I mean, out of you Marvel, mean it's not the it, unannounced Young Avengers property, wherever that's going to pop up. Young Avengers isn't coming out. If it does come out until twenty twenty five, it's um, It's going to be sooner than you think. But like looking at what we have this. Within phase five, like we've got this awesome stuff. Like we have the end of the guardians, we have blade, we've got secret invasion. And despite all of those awesome sounding things, the Marvel is still, the Marvel is still the most exciting thing to me, especially if some of the rumors about this movie are true. I mean, we'll see. All I'm saying is if we get a musical in the MCU, it is automatically going to be. This is not going to be a musical. You keep saying it. It's not a musical. I want to believe, Mitch. <laughs> let me believe. Okay. I, was I know I'm expecting... talking about Thor, but I really got to use the bathroom, so I'm back. That's fine. Oh, That's totally fine. We've been here a minute. Yes, we have. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Miss um, Marvel. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, Thor, Love and Thunder was next. I am one of the few people that actually loved this movie. I, it, for me, it hit hard. I will say, yes, Thor wasn't really Thor in this movie, but I'm, I'm okay with it. We got Jane as Lady Thor. Sorry, the Mighty Thor. Mighty say. Thor. Yes. Put some respect on that. Name. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> um, we did get a weird villain with Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher um, I'm okay with it. You know, we got the end scene where I was still very confused, like at the end of the movie where he's like, do it for love. And I for sure thought he was going to help. His wish was going to be to save, uh, Jane. I didn't yeah. realize his daughter's name was love, which is very and weird. It, yeah. yeah. It, again, this, this felt like a movie that was meddled in. Yeah. Um, I know I know Tekka kind of got carte blanche with this character when it came to Ragnarok, and I think that that is still one of my top five MCU films. I think it's one of the funniest pieces of content we've gotten in recent memory. And again, this one felt like there were too many cooks in the kitchen. There was there were a ton of reshoots on this, a lot of you know, a lot of CG that didn't like that one suit that like Thor has that one outfit, that blue suit with the really pointy helmet. I thought that was all CG with the way it looked, but it was practical. And it just goes to show, like, we've gotten to this point where the the there's, there was just so much going on that things didn't feel like you had four or five conflicting visions of this film. And ultimately what we got was this sort of hodgepodge with one of the best portrayals of Zeus I think we've gotten in a very long time in yeah. any property with, with Russell He's a dick. And R. we R. get the, the tease of Hercules in the MCU, which I think is great because anything that um, I can't remember the actor's name, but the, the guy from Ted Lasso, yeah. who is fantastic. Oh, Brett, Brett uh, Goldstein. Brett Goldstein, right? Uh, he's fantastic, and I can't wait to see him. The only him. reason I know his name is because he was recently on Sesame Street. Is where I was going to say, yeah. Um, I can't wait to see what they do with Hercules in the MCU because that's another character that people don't know a lot about the MCU version of Hercules, but if you do Hercules as... I'm going to, you know, 
blast myself through space to try and find Thor to kick his ass. And it is just this like road trip thing of Hercules meeting a bunch of people and, you know, wanting to find Thor and kick his ass. And then ultimately it has nothing to do with Thor at all and could be really, really funny and really tongue in cheek. But this movie, like I was watching the, I watched this like last night because I wanted to put something on that wasn't, I didn't really have to pay attention to because right. I want to actively pay attention to those other properties. I said I wanted to rewatch. Right. And it is such a shame that this movie is in the state that it is because Christian Bale is fantastic and grossly underutilized as a character in this film. The character growth between Thor and Jane, Jane is really good. And I didn't expect to see Jane back. And I mean, Marvel probably just drove a dump truck of money up to Natalie Portman's house and said, here, you have Star have Wars. To. Now be now do Marvel again, please. Yes. And she did. Have, yeah. Good for her. But like, there's a lot of really interesting stuff here that definitely got cut. There's a very obvious relationship between Valkyrie and Jane that we don't see explored in any way here because they probably felt either they didn't have the time or they didn't want to have to look at the nuance of this potential love triangle that was sort of forming, but not because... Or potentially just, not it, release this in certain international markets. Yeah. The editing here is just bizarre. Like, there's just so much that got that seemingly got cut that would have made this a better film. I try very much to judge movies <clears> based <throat> off of what we got and not what we could have gotten. Okay. This is not a movie I can do that with. Oof. Yeah. The movie we were pitched on and gotten is an entirely different movie from this. Of It was supposed to include Jane as Mighty Thor. It was supposed to include Gore. But it was supposed to mostly be about finding a queen for Valkyrie. And it was oh, supposed to be an inherently queer story. And mind you, I have no evidence to it. But someone had to have said no. Because I mean, Taika was fully on board with the story, so excited talking yes. about it at Comic-Con. Everyone was into it. Tessa Thompson especially was into it. Of course she was. <laughs> and it just didn't happen. When it could oh, because... have been one of the best Marvel stories. Instead, no, what we got was a fine movie. I'm not going to say it's bad, but I'm not going to say it's good. I liked a lot of this movie. It just felt like they tried to make two movies into one movie. They yeah. also used too much Guns N' Roses. They saw that Immigrant Song worked really well in Ragnarok and just doubled down on that. Yeah. And I believe the Child of Mine way too much. Yeah. I, okay. Agreed. But also, I still love the moment when they're leaving um, the Lost God City. place. Yes. And, like, the the ghosts come smashing through the window yes. and the music starts to play. Yes. That's a joke that got, got old after the first goat cry, right? Like, it wasn't just me. It is just you. I loved it starting. Then I started to hate it. And then I started to love it again by the end. <laughs> <laughs> I have also to be. The... So, Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just, I was just going to say, like, there, there's some really great stuff with this. The black and white fight scene where the only thing in color are the weapons and the lightning yep. was really cool. But, like, ultimately, there's a lot of splash and not a lot of substance in this movie. And it shows in the final product. Some of the byproducts of this movie existing as well are really interesting. Get, seeing Eternity, seeing statues of the Living Tribunal, seeing like these, the old gods of the Marvel Universe, essentially, I is will, very interesting. Sorry, I will oh, say all. I will say one thing. I do love what they did. Like for what we got, we did get a great like more humanization from for Thor. 
You know, we got Thor trying to deal with, which is also something I've always wanted. The Thor one and two, just like it's too gaudy. You know, it's it's trying to be something that it isn't. It's trying to be more William Shakespeare than Marvel. Sorry, I got to put that down. Yeah, that thing is, is heavier. That thing is heavier than you think. <laughs> That's okay. I kind of um, was impressed with how long you were holding that thing. Yeah, it's yeah. Lego, but it's it, it's a lot of Lego. <laughs> Um, I, I just, I found it, I found it, yes, I found it fascinating that we got more humanization for Thor and he was tripped up by seeing Jane and I loved it. I was say where this movie does good. It does really, really good. Yes. Like everything about Thor and Jane's relationship is great. I still don't like that. She dies at the end. I also don't like that. Um, Uh, I I really did. I I will. I really thought we were going to the route of making, I was convinced at least this is my, largely my fault, but I was fully convinced that we were going to make Jane the main Thor of the MCU going for, going forward after this movie. Yep. I, I felt the same way, honestly, coming out like, of... Like, I thought what was going to happen partway through this movie, at least before the death, was we were going to have the story of... Like, it, I, it was pretty clearly telegraphed that this wish was going to be Gore bringing his kid back. Um, so I thought for sure it was going to be Thor is going to retire to take care of this kid, and Jane is going to take over as Thor. Yeah. So I was just telling Mitch before you uh, you came back that I, for one, I was very confused at the whole end of this movie where um, Thor is telling Gore to j- just make the wish for love. I was like, I assumed that he was going to save um, Jane. Save Jane? Yeah. That's what I thought it was too. And then I really liked that it. Yeah, but the it movie was like, called Love and Thunder. So it has to not be that. I will say, when they say the thing, I loved it. Yes. Yes, I loved it as well. <laughs> I loved it as well. Like this god child. And like god among gods. Like yeah. this this child is eternity incarnate. Yes. Absolutely. Which, again, is setting up something really interesting for the future of the MCU. Although I expected to go the route of stature slash stinger slash Cassie Lang that we've seen through the Ant Man films, and we're going to have like sixteen different actors play that role because yeah, he's so. What, what, what was really nice here is that all of the leads got their kids involved in production, and that is Chris Hemsworth's daughter playing Love at the end of it, which is which is really nice. But yes, um, yeah, this uh, this movie did do a lot of good, and I do like I do want to say that of like the way. The, the new, new Asgard of it being this tourist trap, essentially. And they need to do it because that's their only way to, like, Daryl, exist. We get Daryl back. Daryl's role in this is hilarious yes, to me. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Him being this tour guide. The the acting parts of it is, like, it's consistently funny. Matt Damon and, and uh, yes. <laughs> uh, Hemsworth, whose name I forget. Not Liam, but the other one. Oh, the one from um, uh, Last World. Yes, that guy. The other yeah. Hemsworth. The lesser Hemsworth, as we call him. I'm kidding. We don't oh. call him that. <laughs> no. He's fantastic. Yeah, but also having um, Melissa McCarthy show up. Oh, that was, was phenomenal. I, I got that spoiled for me, that casting, and I'm so disappointed because that moment would have just been me on the floor laughing in the theater. Oh, I was dying. It was hilarious. But like we mentioned, like the black and white fight scene. All the fight scenes I thought were really good. But the thing I want to shout out more than anything was when he... Gives the power of Thor to the Some children. kids, yeah, yeah. Real and, great. like, first off, the way that he very specifically says it so that he doesn't accidentally make another yep. Thor again. Yep. 
but also the kid who is using her rabbit plush as her weapon yeah, was man. absolutely terrifying. You gotta do like, what you there's gotta a lot do. of style in this movie. Like this movie is a fun movie to watch. There's a lot of style. There's very little substance. There was there was character development. There was layers in this film in the original pitch that we got from Taika. It was a different movie, and we didn't get that movie here. And that's probably the thing I'm most disappointed about. It does put Thor in an interesting place, though. Like, I there's so many issues I have with this movie, but where it puts Thor now as a father, like that's not a role that this character is normally seen in. And when we I, do normally see Thor as a father, he is a deadbeat dad who just kind of moved on. But also, that's because Thor's like hundreds of thousands of years old when we normally get the story. So seeing yeah. it now, I think it's going to be interesting. I I think it's interesting, but I also don't think we're going to get anything else with it because unfortunately, we know that Chris Hemsworth discovered through the Limitless series that he made for National Geographic on Disney Plus that he is much more likely to develop, uh, I think it was Alzheimer's, right, Chris? Alzheimer's, yeah. So he's taking a step back from acting. So I don't know if we're going to see a conclusion to this. And I'm totally okay with that because, you know, you got you to gotta put your health first. You have to put your priorities first. If his priority is spending time with family, if that is something that is, is at a higher predisposition for, I totally respect his decision to step away from acting for now or for the future. Um, and, and that being said, I mean, he's put in a we spot, also this don't character's know. put in a spot though, that it really works in this weird situation. It, it can. And we also do get that post credit scene of what, what the fuck is up with Jane and Heimdall? Like there is, there is Valhalla. There is something there. There is something that they could develop into more of a story for these characters that isn't focused on Thor, which I think a Valkyrie series on Disney plus of liberating some Valhalla thing. Yeah, but I don't like, know. Can you really could do get her cool. for a TV show? Yeah. You know? Also, like, doing got, that is going to flirt some very... Yeah, I feel like she's doing that, though, is going to flirt some very concerning lines. Yeah. If you're going to, like, break into Valhalla and try to rescue people, that's not what Valhalla is. Yeah. Valhalla but, I mean, is some, the Some plot Lord. involving Valhalla is more mm -hmm. where I was going with that, but... The other thing I do want to mention about this is that while most of the humor hits, there's a, some jokes that really really don't like yeah. the ghosts. Like, I, well, I disagree with that, but most of my the jokes I really don't like are around Axel. I think Axel was yeah. a very fun character being Heimdall's son. Um, I think some of the jokes around him changing his name to Axel weren't, were not good. Yeah. Um, they were not made to be horrible or anything, and but they very much sound that way. I know they weren't made to be horrible because I know that Taika is not that person. Yes. We all know that Taika is not that person. Um, if you have any questions about it, go watch Our Flag Means Death. You will know that Taika is not that person. I love that or show. What it's we fantastic. do in the shadows. What we do in the shadows is also fantastic. I'm the character in particular I'm thinking of from Our Flag Means Death. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those there's some of the jokes. If they didn't hit, wild, wild miss. Yeah. Which leads us to our next MCU property. She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Oh, we're not going to talk about I Am Groot? <laughs> no, we're not. Okay, perfect. I don't like that series. <laughs> All right, cool. Cause it's a I, series of five shorts. That honestly, I, no, I Am Groot is not even on this, so we're, we're not talking about it. <laughs> they're, they're cute. They have literally zero substance, though. So okay. if you want to watch them, great. All right. If you don't. She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, I think was pretty good for what we got. I think the ending kind of like ugh, makes it a little sloppy with the MCU as a whole. <laughs> um, I, see, I, I, I think this was one of the stronger finales for me of 
it didn't do what everything else did and was yes. very fourth wall breaking in staying in line with the character of I would have I, I get that they used the, the robot or whatever at, mm-hmm. in the finale of there's this whole AI behind the generation of the MCU. And that's fine because it does. I mean, at times we poke fun at it being formulaic, being very much, you know, hero yeah. fights villain who has the same power set. But if that had actually been Kevin Feige, I think it would have been that much that much sweeter. Um, I just think but, for sorry, I just no, think, no, go ahead. I just think that we didn't need to set up like go throughout the whole story of the show and set up the fourth wall break. Like I understand like she is the character to break the fourth wall, but uh, the specifically the ending uh, fourth wall break, like we, we see her throughout the one show. where we all thought our TVs were broken or we sat on our remotes. Yeah. yeah. That was really funny. I really, I really liked that. That yeah, was funny. Personally. I just like the whole, the, the whole uh, Kevin shooting on Walt Disney studios. Yeah. Of, I thought it worked. Lot. The whole Kevin like, thing just took me out of it. She Hulk was this franchise was the franchise, the show that could have absolutely bombed because the way they did it was they. he, the way they had each show was that they were predicting fan response. Yeah. And writing it around that. And they nailed it to the t- yes. They nailed these fuckers to the wall. Yes, they did. <laughs> um, and that, like, it was just so perfect how each and every episode, they knew exactly what these jerks were going to say and played on that and yeah. brought a very fun, very interesting character amongst all that. So I really liked how it led to this moment of... This shit's getting off the rails. Let's bring this back a second. Let's let's address this problem at the source. Yeah. And let's it was address a problem it at the we, writer's room. And it was a problem we had with this show. We saw where the finale was going. And you and I, when we were talking about this, Griffin, we were both unhappy with what they were setting up for the finale. And they completely subverted our expectations while still delivering what felt like a fairly solid finale. Plus you get to a moment of like, Oh yeah, let's just, I just want to see daredevil again. Cause I want that booty. And I'm yeah. just like, yeah, you yeah. get that booty because yeah. we got, we, you're awesome. our, we got the accurate, um, tra- daredevil here where Matt Murdock fucks, yeah. <laughs> as well as Jennifer Walters. Fucks. Like we got these characters where they should be like, I really do like that setup though. Like, I think it was a very, very bold move to be like, no, we're going to predict all of our responses. We're going to set you up and manipulate this in such a way that's going to have this really weird, interesting payoff that is really perfect for this character and the story they're telling. Cause they made it clear. This is a, this is a lawyer show. Yeah. This isn't an inherently superhero show. So it should not end like a superhero show should end. It Correct. should end in this like a lawyer show. fun little slice of life moment. Yes. Yeah, and I, I think all of the characters introduced here play into that, right? Like, where there aren't, I mean, other than the reintroduction of Daredevil into the MCU, it is largely, you know, a, it's paralegals, it's partners at the law firm, it's rival lawyers. And then, of course, you know, there's also Wongers and Megan the Stallion for a reason that was friggin' phenomenal. Like, yes. this show had no, like, people were worried going into this show that they weren't sure what to expect. And I think what they delivered was a very... They, they delivered what they said they were going to deliver of this is a serial co- or lawyer show. And yes. it is a lawyer show first, a superpowered lawyer show. And it's an MCU show second. And there's a lot of fun that they play with that dichotomy of law show versus what a comic book show is. And I just, it was one of my favorite things of this phase of the MCU. So also when you gave us one of the best side characters possible yeah we gotta talk about madison 
Yes. Madison is so fucking funny. Madison with two N's and a Y, but now what do you think? think. Just, it was perfect. It was. Um, I, now that you put it that way, Mitch, it kind of like sets its tone in my head. Like, okay, it, it, it kind it's, of, it's, wor- it's worth a rewatch with that frame of reference. Yeah. Honestly. Cause I think that's how Griffin and I watched that show with that expectation. Okay. And it was largely met. Okay. All right. Yeah. When you have the right expectations, the stuff is awesome. Yes. <laughs> completely agree. Which brings us to our next and final movie of phase four which is black panther wakanda forever and i will start off by saying this movie hit real hard and i was not expecting it to for me specifically uh i I didn't it, it was very good it was very good i had a problem with black panther uh black panther uh one um i thought it was Okay, everybody likes to put that movie on a pedestal and say this is probably one of the greatest movies we've gotten in a while. Uh, I I do think it's an okay movie, but Black Panther Wakanda Forever, oh my god, it just like broke my brain. Leaving that theater after I initially saw it was like, I didn't feel like good or bad, I was just like, yeah. oh my god, you, you would experience the like, moment. You need to I need to decompress. Yes. Like, yes. Because it it's just so much emotion. Like, I'll be right it was, by the way, we're going to tear your heart out at the, at the beginning of this movie. Then we're going to continue to beat it over and over and over throughout the movie. And at the very end, they do give you one last hit. Ryan Coogler knows how to write villains, man. Because between oh. Killmonger and Namor, I think he's introduced two of the best characters in the MCU by far, especially on the villain side of things. Mm-hmm. I think, like, honestly, Namor was the absolute right choice to be the antagonist of this Does that film. great thing of um, writing villains as heroes. Yeah, you, you agree with Namor. Like, you agree with Killmonger, you agree with Namor. Ryan Coogler writes villains that are relatable and... That, I think, is the, the strongest thing about this movie, because for me, Letitia Wright in the role of the new Black Panther, Shuri is the new Black Panther. I don't there wasn't like I understand why those decisions are made and how they get to that point in wanting to have a strong black voice to carry forward the mantle of Black Panther in the MCU. But it, it ultimately it felt forced. And I think part of that, of course, the untimely loss of Chadwick Boseman, but it doesn't feel like she's earned that by the end of this film and it just sort of happens and maybe that's what we're meant to expect of the character and we're going to get a more comic accurate Black Panther from Shuri that we didn't get from T'Challa of being more closed off, being more strategic, being more oh, fuck you, I'm going to protect mine if it works in both our interests, then yeah, we can work together but very much taking on that more of that Killmonger-y behavior and we see that in the suit, right, of the suit is a mix mm-hmm. of T'Challa's silver and T'Chaka's gold of she is kind of both of them as this leader of, or this mantle, because by the end of this, M'Baku so, is set up to be the king of Wakanda, but right. it's, Dude, that it's a moment, really weird place to take this character. I'm curious to see what's next. I'm still not sure how I feel about it. I love the decision to separate herself from a throne. Yeah. Of I'm going to be the protector. I'm still going to do my science thing. But I don't, I, the government thing is not my thing. 
Yep. And like you see that in this show, like the one person she really communicates on the out with outside of Wakanda is um, Riri. Yeah. Because well, they have, have that oh, connection. They have that intelligence. Yeah, but they have a previous relationship. Yeah, well, Which also, like, one of the most, funnily enough, one of the most poignant scenes in this entire movie to me doesn't even have any Wakandans in it. There is this is great, this this great moment between uh, Ross and Vanessa, long name, um, Vanessa de Fontaine. Of Valentina, de, Valentina, Allegra yeah. de la Contessa, yeah. Julia uh, Louis Dreyfus. She's great. Thank we you. didn't mention it in uh, Falcon and the Winter Sol- Soldier. She's great there. She's great here. Oh, don't worry. I'm well, giving her praise at the end. Good. She's great in everything she pops up in with MCU. Yes. And the well, reveal is still awesome. In general. But we have this great moment between them of where Ross is genuinely afraid, being like, can you imagine what the U.S. would do if we were the only ones who have vibranium? And, like, you can see the fear in his eyes. Is her response is yes, I dream about it. Yeah, it is super scary. <laughs> she's scary. She's legitimately terrifying. I'm curious to see where that character goes, especially with them setting up Thunderbolts. Uh, yeah, like that that's a great moment. I think bringing Ross back here is a good good use of the character, although he might have been underutilized. I think it would have been great to see him play a larger role. In the film, yeah, but I also can't see too many here to put him though. No, and I, I, I kind of agree with you there. There's just too many characters to give everyone the screen time they deserve. I think who stole the show for me was from was uh, Angela Bassett. Yes, uh, and frankly, it wasn't steal the screen. It was she is the character you care about the most. Frankly, yeah, like well, which is why her death that, hits that much harder. Right, that badass moment at the beginning of where she's giving her speech, and then the Dora Milaje marched the yes. mercenaries into the room. It's just such Phenomenal. a great tone setter. The way she's consoling Shuri, dealing with her own stuff, she's, her sacrificing herself to save Riri at, at the end, her last moments. All of it was so, so good. It is, but I also don't like this trope of character we want you to care about is the MacGuffin of this film, and they'll yeah. get their spotlight down the road. You took of, my point. Right out of my it's, mouth. Mm-hmm. Ironheart is such an interesting character in the comics in, in the inspiration she draws from Iron Man but blazes her own path. I like the idea of her being inspired by Wakanda, Wakanda's outreach program that we got at the end of Black Panther and that that has sort of driven her into the field. Like that and her history with her dad drives her towards engineering, has her build this thing. But it's just like, I don't like using people as MacGuffins, especially when they're a character you want to establish as legitimate within the larger scale of the mcu we saw that problem here we saw that problem with multiverse of madness with america chavez yes. and we saw that in what was the other one where we had a mcguffin was the person or was that the only one i think it was just those two yeah and it's just like i don't want to see this be a trend same i think this one is more forgivable than multiverse mm-hmm. of madness because the, riri the does still have real yeah the threat feels more real and riri does have things to do in this I, she does help Shuri along of figuring out the formula for okay. the um, synthetic herb. Okay. She does fight. It is her idea to put Namor in a hot box, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, she does have merit to being in the story. But, again, yeah, she is very much just a MacGuffin. Yeah. Although but Dominique Thorne, to her credit, steals every scene that she's in and makes me that much more excited for the 
mechanical versus magic premise that we're getting for the Ironheart show of introducing the hood. It's going to be so weird, and I I can't wait. Ironheart is the other show that the other product besides uh, the Marvels that I'm like ridiculously excited for because it's just it's going to be this character. It's another character that people just don't really know, and the more we hear about it, the more interesting it gets to me. Yeah. Like, we just uh, a few days ago got a um, released footage of a screen test of her and Chadwick Boseman. I highly recommend going and checking out. It's Yeah, do go watch that episode of Assemble that they put out for Wakanda Forever. So I I didn't even know that Dominique Thorne had originally auditioned for the role of Shuri. And it's just, it's great that this role was basically written that Dominique Thorne was the only actor that they wanted to portray Riri Williams in the MCU. And I think it just shows, like her range and just what a phenomenal actor she is. I am interested to see that. I will say the CGI for her suit alone. Her suit looks terrible. It's yeah. terrible. Thank you. Okay. But everything else, I, I do agree with you guys. I do think that she did a phenomenal job acting. Uh, like I, we said before, the suit was terrible, but like, like this movie, y'all gotta, you're going to look up the like actual iron heart suit. The actual yes, iron heart suit does is not awesome. look like this at all. <laughs> See, it's I, much I, more I, iron man. I, yes. I like that. They differed it from iron man though, with the MCU incarnation, because it does feel the comic version, at least the, the initial Ironheart suit does feel derivative. I love her current suit and I really hope. Oh, yeah, I'm talking about her current suit. Yeah, her current suit is phenomenal. And I'm really expecting an Iron Man like journey in the suits of by the end of that series, she's in her Mark, her Mark three suit. And it is that suit. I think we'll get that suit like the, the pink, black and yellow. I think that is going to be her main suit. I, really I, hope so. I think we've been doing this thing in the comics or in the movies right now where we've been pulling from current iterations of these characters. Like, I could see them having her being in, like, the Iron Man-ass suit for a little bit, like, maybe in, like, the first few episodes, but that is really about it. Because, like, she is very much her own character. That's also a character where I'm really interested to see what they do, because her story of the comics is weird, and there's no way they adapt it. Because that story is, like... Leonardo da Vinci, yes, the Renaissance Leonardo da Vinci is alive and putting together a team of scientists. The fuck? Like, they're not going Again, to pull that. They're they're going the magic route here, though, with the hood being the main, or at least the planned villain of this. I do think that that could be where we see Mephisto in the next phase of the MCU. That or Agatha. Uh, Mephisto, the Mephisto theories will never die. That's all I'm going to say. Well, I think the hood's hood comes from Mephisto. It does. Uh, in the comics. But again, they can do whatever they want here to subvert our expectations and keep us waiting on Mephisto because I'm still so ready for Robbie Reyes to pop up in the MCU as Ghost Rider. Um, But I do think, like, with the hood, with them going the magic route, get weird with the way that series plays out. She's, you know, coming to terms with herself as a hero and and, and what whatever the case might be. But be weird with it because weird has worked to this point. But we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, like I said before, we'll talk more about Phase 5 in another episode because we are currently 2 hours and 25 minutes. And this is the longest show we have ever done. Hey, You're it was welcome. your idea to go through Listen, an entire phase of Marvel. That's okay. That's okay. I, like I, Also, I, the longest phase of Marvel. Also, we're not done yet. You it didn't feel like it. It didn't feel like it. 
you're forgetting somebody. No, we're not. You also haven't talked about Werewolf by Night. I, yeah, I, I haven't gotten there. Jesus, I, I was just well, no, about to bring it up no, right he's talking now. about the Guardians. No, he's talking about the Guardians, holiday, Guardians special. holiday Special. <laughs> I know. I haven't gotten to, to the specials in general. I was going to bring it up okay. now. Okay, I thought we were wrapping up. Like, no, 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 no. You said no, you had no. one prop. You have two. I said multiple props. Oh, did you? Yeah, oh my god, I, one I I eye is, was just missing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's keying out. Here, I'll, I'll get him a little closer. There we okay. go. Um, the next uh, thing we're going to talk about oh, is, is the TV specials. Uh, Werewolf by Night. Michael Giacchino. Perfect. Phenomenal. This was great. Yeah. I think he needs to do more. I think he This is another more. one where it's like these characters, uh, the exception <laughs> of Man-Thing. Yeah. Um, were characters I never, ever thought they'd put into the MCU. Like, you got the monster set, and we're clearly going into that with Blade. Mm-hmm. I didn't think in a thousand years we would get Elsa Bloodstone in the MCU. <laughs> and I am so happy that Elsa Bloodstone is in the MCU. I really hope she gets her own MCU, or her own Disney Plus show, because I think the exploration of that character and her origin, like, we get a bit of that in this special in terms of yeah. her family lineage, but I just want more. Give me more. Please give me more. It just, it was perfect. Like that's, that's really all there is to see. Like Michael Giacchino's directorial debut. Yes. Use of music and it was is phenomenal, awesome. of course, because Michael Giacchino famed composer the, of many MCU and other properties. Yes. The flaming tuba. <laughs> yeah. The use <laughs> of like, color only at the end and it just fades in and it still looks grainy. It still looks straight out of like the seventies, eighties, technicolor kind of stuff. Perfect. It's, Which, it's, the way. It's, a per, it's a perfect special. It's uh, perfect. For me, when we saw the, just like when we heard about the premise of Werewolf by Night, the reason why, well, for me, again, I thought it was set in the past was because of the, the, black, the black and, and white. white. Yes. And then we get the, the realization it, it could be potentially set in the, the present, which I was not. I was just baffled by. I was like, "Oh fuck!" Confused. Yes. Again, multiverse well, so it's timelines. Thing. It's all. It's all timey wimey BS at this point. Yeah. The interesting okay thing about it is, it is the second most recent in timeline order. The only thing more recent being the Guardians Holiday Special. Hmm. What was cool to me about it is that the monster hunting world of the MC, of the Marvel comics has always been kind of overly rooted in the past. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh hey, guess what? Modern weapons don't work against monsters. Of course not. Because, of course not. Like, that's just, it's monster stuff. Yeah. So the way they did it of this black and white was really interesting to that. But, like, also, I love how this harkens back to old school monster movies. Yeah. Like, old Universal Monsters movies are some of my favorite movies out there. Yeah. And the way this not only respects those movies, but elevates them for what it's trying to do is so well done. Yeah. I mean, the use of practical makeup for the werewolf... At, for Werewolf by Night, by the end of this, I think was a really good choice and does harken back to a lot of the the classic Universal monster movies. I will be curious to see if that's what they stick with, if this character makes more appearances in the MCU, which I hope he does because I think there it was like it was just a really good portrayal. I can't remember the name of the actor. Uh, uh, Gael Garcia. Gael Garcia. Yeah, he did a fantastic job both as Jack and then as Werewolf by Night. I think there's sorry. a lot to be explored with this character. I'm sorry, Gael Garcia Bernal. Okay, yes, thank you. I also yeah. love that like, this character's name is Jack Russell. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those just funny comic books. Yep, things. yep. Um, I will yeah, say, 
No, go ahead, Griffin. I think the big surprise here, though, was Man Thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think any of us saw Man Thing coming. Nope. Other than the fact it was in the, one of the trailers. Yeah, I didn't watch any of the trailers. For Smart. I, also I, didn't I need to stop watching them. MCU trailers, but now we react to them over. I would say we react to them YouTube. now. So good luck with doing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's another plug. Um, no, seriously though, no. like Man Thing being this and being such a big deal in this, like going into this, I assumed that the quote-unquote monster that they were hunting was going to be Jack. Yeah. And yeah. them flipping all of it on their heads as being a relic hunt where they're trying to fight down Man Thing, but Man Thing's underpowered because he has the Bloodstone. Like lodged Earth into him, thing. yeah, yeah. And the way it comes around, like this horrible, evil stepmother, yep, just getting what co- what is coming to her is everything is so so well done. The awkwardness of Jack, the amazing silence when Elsa enters the room at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like it's I said, the, the the use of sound throughout this is just it's unrivaled, I think, versus anything else. We've, it's again, it's weird, it's original, it's fresh, and I want to see more like this. Also, the length, yeah. yeah, it was perfectly perfectly timed. Fifty four minutes. That's it. You're in. You're out. Yes. Yeah. It and told I w- its story. It had a beginning, middle, end. It didn't feel like it overstayed its welcome. It didn't feel like we missed anything. It was just, it was a full, complete story, beginning to end. Yes, and I would love for these writers, Heather Quinn and Peter Cameron, to do two things. One, march into the Universal Pictures Studios office and tell them, hey, listen, we're writing, we're taking over the Dark Universe. Bring Tom Cruise back, and we're just going to redo this whole uh, thing. We're, uh, we're just going to redo uh, this whole thing, guys. We're just going to no, redo this. We don't go, need Tom go, Cruise. We don't need Tom go, Cruise. Go, I was going to say, go James Gunn in the DCU. Just, just... No, 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 because James Gunn also has a problem. I have a problem with James Gunn in the next thing we're going to talk about. But uh, just, you know, just do something with the Dark Universe. Yeah, just just reboot it. Full restart. Yeah, full reboot. Um, But also, I do think that they need to do more because, like you said, 54 minutes, phenomenal. Michael Giacchino directing this and also doing the music, if I remember correctly. Dead, yeah, he composed Perfect. Uh, I loved everything about this, and I wish that this and um, this and the holiday mm-hmm. special set a really good tone for what these special presentations can be. Right, more so much this than the holiday special, but I disagree with you still. We're but gonna, we're, we're about to talk. I, I love them both. We can love them both. We can all have nah, different. Nah, it's just like the holiday special could have just. Like, been I've been told to give Ruben shit, so Ruben, you're wrong. Okay, that's fair. All right, that's fair. But the holiday special also could have been much better if they'd used anything other than Kevin Bacon as the MacGuffin. Again, person as MacGuffin, I don't like it. Yeah, but like Kevin Bacon is a literal MacGuffin in real life, so that's okay. That's also true, yeah. Um, <laughs> which brings us to our next topic and final topic for tonight, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. And I was just not here for this at all. Like, I think this could have... The, the premise that they set out for this... Just could have been put in the third movie. Yes. Yeah, I loved this. I thought this was this was the another one of those things that like we keep talking about how we would love to see more stuff that's like superheroes, but not necessarily fighting things. Maybe them just hanging out, talking, them being their day-to-day life. Like, yeah, this set up some things that could very easily be in that third movie, but I think we got those very special holiday moments from this. Like this was this had all the vibes of an ABC holiday special. And that was the goal from it. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's set out to be this major MCU telling of where these characters are now. It's let's have this cute family story about the guardians. And 
with that, I think they nailed it. The Christmas music, them making Mantis the main character was the best decision they could have possibly made. Also, one of the creepiest moments we get in the MCU of her hopping around Kevin Bacon's house drunk. Yeah. Really oh weird. man, Mantis, it turns out it's terrifying and we had no idea. Um, I, I, I would agree with, with what you say, Griffin. I don't, I feel like if they had tried to take the main premise of this, which is the revelation that Quill and Mantis are siblings and the idea of family. And I feel like that is still going to be a major plot point in the third guardians movie. I feel like it would have been lessened if it was part of this two and a half hour MCU epic space battle blaster knife sword fight experience and got this small self-contained character story, which I think was the right approach for this revelation. And of course they're probably going to have to revisit it and remind people, yes, they're related in guardians three because not, you have to assume your audience is dumb and didn't watch everything. Although Marvel is getting better about assuming people watch everything. And it is, it it is the soap opera of the 21st century, which also, I just want to point out and say, listen, we're how many movies in, 34 a lot this is like the 30 30 plus movies of of the mcu if you don't know by now that you have to go see the show that ties into the movie or the movie before this like you you should know better we are at a grand total of 30 produced and released films with at least 12 more in development Okay, thirty movies. That's not including the the shows or the Disney Plus specials. Thirty Angry movies had disappeared again. If you <laughs> think that you don't have to see Thor Ragnarok or Thor Dark World or Thor to, to understand it. what the Thor Love and Thunder is, what the fuck are you doing? Get it also, together. Or just watch a YouTube recap like everybody else. That too um, takes five minutes. No, I think yeah, but I, I also told my like I'm going to see Ant Man with my with my partner, my mom, my sister, and a couple of friends. I have told my mom and sister multiple times, I am not going to sit next to you in a Marvel movie and have you ask 15 questions of me every 10 minutes unless you go and watch the other movies beforehand. And I will answer any questions, questions you have at, at dinner before <laughs> the movie and any questions you have after the film round. That's okay. It's more of the people that are complaining. Like, do I really have to watch? Like, I don't you understand don't anything watch because you want. Because I didn't see so and so. Anyway, bringing it back to the holiday special, I think that this was the best use of music that James Gunn has had since the first Guardians movie. I love the way they used the old ninety sevens in this. Um, the opening yes. song is utterly hilarious and set the tone for me this Christmas. Permanent fixtures in my Christmas in my holiday playlist. Yeah the um, the song in at the very end like. It brings me to tears now. Like it's so pretty, it's so beautiful, and that's just because of what I told you as a nun. Yeah, you ruined me. <laughs> that song's way more emotional me. than like James, you, the than more James Gunn. It, the more I was like, "What the hell?" Mitch? Yeah, it's uh, there, there's there's some really <clears> special <throat> character moments here, and again, like I love the I love the idea of a like the spectacle of the Guardians, but in this smaller character driven, you know, family comedy whatever you want to call it. Like it's, it's really fun. And I'm, I'm glad that we got this the way we did again, similarly to how werewolf by night is going to go into my Halloween rotation. This is going into my holiday rotation right alongside Hawkeye. And I love that we're getting these seasonal properties as well from, from Marvel, because I love the fact that they're just filling my my calendar with Marvel every year. And I'm happy for it. Same here. Uh, The other two things that I really loved about this was, um, Maria Bakalova as Cosmo. 
of us just seeing Cosmo the space dog actually say things yes. and do things yes. and yes. like I thought that was like we talked about how this isn't just set up for Guardians Three, but that was very much a setup for Guardians Three moment because Cosmo yeah. is a guardian yes. and they've said Cosmo's a guardian. So seeing that in this way, I thought was a very interesting way of introducing her and being like, they'll reintroduce her again in Guardians Volume 3. Obviously, they kind of have to. A telepathic, telekinetic-powered Russian space dog dog is something you have to introduce. But the way they set it up here, like, this is just a thing, her bickering with Rocket, it it was really well done. And then the other thing is the animation. The opening and closing to this, having mm-hmm. this rotoscoped animation that was yes. so well done. And like, have bringing back Yondu for that last moment of this real bonding but moment between him and Quill. Like, this is how Quill got his guns. Perfect. It was a great way to end, and end this and end the year for Marvel stuff. Yes, I have to agree. Although I didn't like it. I will say that ending, those, those scenes with Yondu and, and Peter are fucking real touching. So I'm glad that for one thing at, that came out of this, I am glad that we got that. But with that being said, unfortunately, it is time to put this conversation on hold. Thank you both for joining me, Eric. I appreciate you coming in and talking some stuff about Fast and Furious. Eric had the right idea. Because here we are like two hours later before we talk about this for three hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, We're never getting invited back on this show. That's not true at all. (laughs) That's not true at all. Again, I still think we could just put our conversation on D plus us at the end of this and call it a day. But no, I feel like we need to have uh, just a deep conversation on what we think phase five is going to be uh probably maybe two hours that cut off you know just for future reference but they have a hard out on that one because that could go for a very long time yes probably longer than this one did yes but again that's okay i didn't realize that we had up this many like the phases were it was two years like, it didn't feel like there were a lot of things, but yes, there were more things than... It's that bouncing between shows and movies. Yeah, like, yeah. That's I understand why people have Marvel fatigue. Yeah. And I, I, I want us to hopefully get to a point with the MCU where you don't... Like, it, it is must-watch television and film for those of us who yeah. are, like, glued to Twitter and glued to the internet. But I, I really do think... On its own, like what Griffin's doing of going and rewatching everything in timeline order, like I do think these properties will stand the test of time just because normal human beings will just spread them out and not feel overwhelmed by watching a new show every six weeks or having a new movie every three or four months. Like it'll just be nice to have this as a like again, back to being a kid and I had the nineties X-Men and Spider-Man shows on repeat on Fox Kids, and that was about it. And then I had burned through the, my VHS copies of those Toby, those Toby Maguire Spider-Man films. It, I'm absolutely jealous of kids growing up the, these days who have access to all of this content and go through it yeah. however they want. And I will guarantee you on this show, if and when I have children, they are going to wait a full calendar year between Infinity War and Endgame, yes. just yes. like I had to. Yeah. The right way. The right way. The right way. Some might say the cruel way. No, the right way. You have to make them earn it, you know, same way we did. But with that being said, 
Griffin and Mitch, where can people find you guys? Yeah, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, you can find the show at D plus us. But more importantly than that, we are also on YouTube. We are making a big push this year to do video content. So you can find us on YouTube at D, searching D plus us, D uh, plus sign us. And then you can find us on TikTok at D plus us plus spelled out. Um, we're doing a lot of fun stuff. We're doing trailer reacts. We're doing podcasts. We're doing other stuff that we have planned. Yeah. Uh, we've Twitter, got Twitter's some... a great place because we'll just dump all those links there. You can find them for for the YouTubes and the TikToks because Griffin does a great job of editing, putting those things together because he's talented and I talk a lot, which is why we were here for three hours and I apologize. No, first off. <laughs> yeah, most of my TikToks are just us making fun of us or us recently just talking about how good Harrison Ford is. <laughs> Yeah, I still think that Strange World is the Osmosis Jones sequel we never got. That's a pull from a TikTok you're going to have to go search up, okay? Oh, sure. (laughs) That's a pull from a TikTok from a show. You get what I'm trying to say. You'll Um, find it. It's funny. We have a good time. Exactly. Actually, a really good one. Thank you both for joining me. I really appreciate it. I would say thank you for joining me and Eric, but Eric was a coward and Art. had to take care of his child, I guess. Um, I am hopeful to have you both back on for our phase five discussion and not beyond. Um, but until that day, I'll have to say goodbye. I appreciate it one more time. Thank you for joining me. With that being said, have a good night.